What's up, fine folks? Welcome to episode 37 of Double Tap. I'm Jay. I'm Tanner. This is going to be a bit of a, you know, reunion episode. It's been <laughs> Almost, a few weeks. Yeah, yeah, it's We've had well. stuff going on. Yes. Both good and less good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, first off, let's crack into our good... Yeah, what are we drinking? ...local Kentucky brewery, Country Boy. Shout out to Country Boy. Uh, their classic, basically, lager is Cougar Bait. This is Cougar Bait with Key Lime in it. Oh, and we've uh, been experiencing a stupid heat wave. As has a lot of places. Yeah. So this is a classic, you know, citrusy, lagery, good for the summer beverage. The underside of that uh, that pull tab was very uh, oh. aggressively edged. Uh, kind of uh, hurt my finger. Aggressively edged, you say? <laughs> yeah. uh, you bring up the heat wave. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter. The mm, juxtaposition it. of the clip from Don't Look Up. With that like this. weather clip from England where the yeah. dude's like, thousands more people will die than is necessary. And the woman's like, well, we want to be happy about the weather, like whatever. It is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was pretty funny. It was pretty good. Uh, so it's been like a month-ish. Yeah, so yeah, it was like, we came back, I think we did an episode after we originally came back from the beach, right? Sure. Did we do two, maybe? Maybe two. And then I got COVID, so that was basically two weeks. Right. Then we went to Chicago, that yeah. was a week. And then the week after Chicago... Uh, I think we were both just kind of like recovering sure. <laughs> from Chicago. Sure. Uh, Wanted to lay low for a little bit. Yeah. So we're, we're finally back. Yeah. Because I mean, when COVID was not like a super bad experience for you, you were laid up pretty good, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was really like three days right. basically, but you know, 10 day quarantine and all that. Yeah. So the, right after that, and yeah. we'll circle back because we will talk ex- relatively extensively about our shenanigans in Chicago a little later sure. on. Sure. Yeah. Uh, for now, though, I guess what have you been playing? I mean, during your COVID stint oh since then, like I got a lot. Oh, I got go a lot it. to talk about. So uh, I have played and completed two different games. Okay, uh, I've also played a couple of. Well, actually, eh, we'll see how how we count one if it's a game. All right. Uh, so the the big one is Elden Ring. Sure, I finished Elden Ring. Uh, we're gonna do a whole deep dive about it. I think that's yes, the real will. big topic is yes. the spoiler cast for Elden Ring. Uh, so I will keep. I guess I'll, I guess we can talk mostly about it then. Sure. Uh, but I did finish it. I will say for people who might want to listen to this and then dip out during the spoiler cast because they don't want to spoil it themselves. Totally understand. Uh, or maybe do you want to? Let me just ask you this: a little inside baseball. Do you want to structure it as like non-spoiler for the first half and then get into spoilers, or do you want to just start from the jump spoilers? I'll tell you what. One of my sections that I had quartered off is sort of our broad takes. We could do our broad takes as and a then get into the nitty gritty before we. Get okay. Into well, I'll just stuff. I'll reserve all that then okay. for for that conversation. Uh, but yeah, I finished it. I think I my final time though was like seventy two hours or so. so apparently, right. was not that slow. No, compared to a lot of other playthroughs that yeah. I've seen. Um, not that it's about speed, but uh, I also played and finished uh, Stray yesterday. Oh, uh, I played it in two sittings. So Annapurna tweeted the publisher tweeted that it was eight hours long. Yeah, don't know how they got there. It was like four hours, maybe five for me. I understand that maybe if you do everything, like you 100% it, then maybe it's eight, but uh, it's very enjoyable, very cute. It's exactly what you think it is. You mm-hmm. run around as a cat. Uh, the city is beautiful. It's like this Neo-Tokyo kind of sure. look. Uh, that part was really cool. The characters were really cool. Uh, so I guess if you don't know what sort of... what uh, My curiosity was like, what even is the game mm-hmm. of this? Uh, it's a lot of like helping out these robot characters who are, are living in this sort of city. Yeah. And so it's a lot of like, hey, I need you to go grab this thing from this person or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. 
um, fetch quests and things like that. But there is like platforming. There's like uh, chase sequences. Mm-hmm. There's more than just that. But that is the main sort of loop of the game. Uh, and the characters that you do all the running for are really well written. They're very, they're very fun. There's a lot of like lighthearted references. My favorite being not to spoil, but it's like a side thing you might not even see. Sure. There's a robot sitting at a bar, and uh, or like at a counter of something, and he's like, "Yeah, I used to have a shop like this." And then I took a, a screwdriver to the knee, <laughs> and now I don't have a shop anymore. I was like, oh, my God, there's a freaking arrow to the knee reference in 2022. Uh, it didn't make me laugh, though. Uh, but there's a lot of little things like that, like one-off lines yeah. from the characters. Uh, but, yeah, overall, it's exactly what you think it is. It didn't, like, blow me away, but it was really cute. The I think the the biggest, like, thing I the, the best thing I can say about it is, like, nothing's bad about that game. Mm. Um, the animations of the cat are very impressive. It looks and feels like a cat. Uh, like I know that's kind of overstating it, but like, you know, the way the the way the cat even just like slinks through some areas sure. and some of the more finite details of the movement are, are really cool. Uh, the other thing I played, which no joke, if it had come out this year, would be in my game of the year list, but it came out in 2020, is a level in Dreams oh. called Lock. Lock. L O C K. Sure. So this game, I'm going to call it a full-fledged game because it took me yeah. took me longer to beat Lock than it did Stray. I'll say effectually, it yeah, probably so is. Yeah, it, so it was like, it was two full sittings. Like, I want to say it was like eight, nine hours hmm. um, to beat this game. So it is structured. It's a puzzle game. It is structured like The Witness. Sure. Okay? But instead of maze puzzles, it's word puzzles. Ooh. So, but all of your solutions are, you basically are going through this house mostly. Mm. All of the solutions are contained within the room through clues almost like an escape room yeah so like uh there are perspective puzzles where if you look at I'm, I'm, this is the first level that you encounter basically like you look at a at a piece of art a certain way and then you realize it says a word mm. and you're like oh and then that's part of the clue uh these are the more simple ones it gets so complicated but maybe some of my most like euphoric puzzle solving moments i've ever had in a game it is incredible. It was really cool, too, because the person who made it was in chat the entire time I played it. Oh, really? Yeah. That's they, awesome. they didn't suggest it. Uh, someone else suggested it. Uh, Orion, who's a, a community member, was like, you would dig this. Check this out. And then I guess Dreams isn't that big of a community anymore. So they, so they saw me and they're like, it. oh, shit. Hey, what's up? And they watched both of my, my playthroughs. That's awesome. Um, super nice. There's an in-game hint system if you need it, but it's not like ever too obvious. Uh, but I think they have, because they're always four-letter words. Mm. Um, th- just the amount of cleverness, I, I, I can't quite overstate it because each room is structured so differently. Maybe one of my favorite rooms was basically you had to translate, uh, it, it takes you a second to figure this out, but you basically have to translate different objects in the room to numerical values based on the letters in the word. Mm. So like, you know that, uh, there's like a scale on the wall. It's like, Zero is blank, one is blank, two is blank, three is blank, blah, blah, blah. And it gives you the letter B and the letter E. And then you find in a math puzzle in the room, like, question mark, question mark, question mark. You know that's B. And from that, you can solve the numbers of another solution that you can match up with another word. And then you start learning those letters. It was insane. I mean, it took me a long time to finish. Uh, And there's one moment I won't spoil that is maybe my favorite moment of puzzle game ever. Uh, as far as just like I was actually like gasping, yeah. I was so impressed by it. Uh, so if you have dreams, which I don't know why it's not on the PS Plus thing still, 
Uh, definitely check out Lock. It's amazing. Interesting. Yeah, it's like I always, I don't always, but when it randomly occurs to me or I see someone playing during it, I'm like, oh, this has been in the wild so long that there has to be some genuine like gems right. in this game by now. So, I mean, yeah, I've started, interesting. I've started to do a thing where on like Fridays I just play Dreams mm-hmm. because of the same exact thing. I've been, I'm, you know, it's been long enough now that people have had the tools for so long and kind of know what works and yeah. what doesn't. And, and things have almost been like peer-reviewed. Like, yeah, exactly. The community yeah, yeah. has made sure that these are the ones that you should know about. Right. And Media Molecule does a really good job of like, hey, here's the Media Molecule picks for the month. Yeah. Like, this is the ones we and think And they do cool. like picks that other people that designed like outside the yeah, company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that they're designing. They're right. just like, it's like community That's approved good. type stuff. Yeah. Like, hey, if you're only going to play five levels of Dreams this month, these are the five you should play. That <laughs> kind of thing. Um, it's pretty cool. I, I, I've been enjoying Dreams again. Uh, the only other thing I've played in Dreams so far, because Locke took a lot longer than mm-hmm. I expected, was... Uh, <laughs> It was like I think it was called the search for cheese. It was the guy from Wallace and Gromit. So I guess Wallace is that is he the know. guy? I assume because Gromit would be a horrible human name. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the dog's name is Wallace. I'm sorry if your name's Gromit out uh, there. But you know how there's have you ever seen any of the Wallace and Gromit? Stuff? It's been a long time. So he's like he does that one thing where he's like the cheese, <laughs> and it's like a like people reference that sometimes. So it was a pure pure meme game. Sure. I was just looking for memes after I beat Locke because I was like, I need some change of pace thing. And it was maybe the most bizarre thing I've ever played. Like you start by talking to like SpongeBob, I think. Okay. And then, or no, you start by talking to is it Homer Simpson? It's basically every <laughs> pop culture character. Sans from Undertale's in there, of course. Uh, the dad from Jimmy Neutron was in there. Oh. Uh, it it was it was something, dude. It, it was bizarre. So there's it runs the gamut. Dreams. What was uh, it called again? It's like the search for cheese. The search for cheese. And there are like sequels to it that I've yet to play, but it's a whole thing. The search for Gouda. The search for Feta. The search <laughs> for all those. Uh, I have not been playing much. Okay. Uh, we are so we're recording this mid July. Yep. Uh, folks out there know if you're in the loop that uh, this is fantasy football mock draft season. <laughs> Uh, for those of us who like get into it too early, yeah, which is me. Yeah, I'm waiting. Uh, I'm waiting a little bit. So I've been doing quite a lot of mock drafts. If there was one thing I have played though, I almost want to not talk about it until the end because it's going to be my recommendation. Okay, uh, sure. so I'll save it. Uh, but it is something that I've dipped my toes in, and I'm excited to see at least if you're ready to get back into a game. Oh no! But we'll discuss well, that. I think at I the know end. what it is then. Uh, but for now, then. We'll just touch on some news. Obviously, lots of stuff has happened uh, yeah. since we've been gone, but I highlighted some of the most interesting things. First of which, I'm just time statement. And this kind of blew my mind when I saw this announced. Uh, Overwatch Two is literally killing Overwatch One. Did you see this? No. Aaron Keller, director of Overwatch, uh, tweeted that when the sequel launches, so whenever Overwatch Two launches. You know how we always joked about that this is basically just Overwatch 1 again? Yeah. Overwatch 1 is literally going to become unplayable. Wait, what? When Overwatch 2 launches. <laughs> so it is literally replacing wow. Overwatch 1. That's so weird. It is extremely weird. Why? I have no idea. Well, I guess, I mean, I get it for a monetary to move thing. everybody. Like, I mean, it, gotta... is, it is free to play. We should say right. that. So that's, I guess, just a minor hassle, but like... That's so weird. Yeah. I assume everybody's like cosmetics and stuff will transfer. I would assume that. Otherwise, as well. people are going to be very upset. <laughs> uh, 
but this was, was one of those stories that I was like, this is an interesting game development choice that I've never really seen done before. Yeah. Uh, it makes sense in a way, but yes, because it's free play, but I agree with you that if I were an avid Overwatch player, yeah, this is one of those things that would kind of piss me off. Well, and I've known... Do you mind scooting in just a little bit? A little bit. Uh, I, I've known several people, too, that have been like, Overwatch 2 is just Overwatch, so I'm just going to keep playing regular yeah. Overwatch. But I guess now <clears throat> you can't? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's That's that's baffling. Yeah, it is a forced migration, <laughs> the likes of which we've never seen it's, in video games. It, this Overwatch 2 thing is just bizarre on every level, yeah. I think. It is, it's, it's almost hard to explain how, like, just it seems very money hungry, mm-hmm. and that's basically it. I don't, I don't really get it because I know a lot because people have played the beta already. Uh, a lot of the maps are from Overwatch One, sure, and a lot of the care. I mean, all the characters are from Overwatch One except for a few new ones. So it's basically just like one point five, but now they're making you not play one anymore. It's uh, yeah, it's confusing. Yeah, that's why it almost <laughs> defeats the purpose of it being called Overwatch Two. Yeah. It should almost just be like the super update or like, you know. <laughs> right, Overwatch Deluxe. It's not like Destiny 1 versus Destiny 2. Sure. Yeah, that was a fresh start. Hint. No, well, I knew that's what it was. When uh, you said, if, are you ready to get back to the game? But, you know, Destiny 1, you can still go play Destiny 1. I'm sure there's still a decent amount of people that do. Yeah, probably. Uh, there's a lot of those maps and, you know, raids that people, I'm sure, are still foraging through. But Destiny 2 is a completely its own unique environment separate right. from that. Right. Uh, so... I don't know why they wouldn't go that route, especially since, if I'm remembering correctly, when did Overwatch come out? 2016? Sounds right. I, I want to say Destiny 2 came out in 2017, I want to say. And the longevity of that game is still going strong. Yeah. Uh, so if, Even though for that game, we are actually clamoring for a new Destiny. Yeah, which, you know, we'll get back to that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jay's game later is Destiny 2, if you haven't figured that out. There's also a story about Destiny 2, so oh, okay. <laughs> we're going to hear a lot about it as the course of this goes on. But yes, very interesting decisions over there. Uh, at the Overwatch team, so and Blizzard as a whole is just not having a great like year. <laughs> yeah, a lot of interesting decisions. Yeah, uh, isn't Bobby Kotick still on the board? I think so. Well, that might explain it. <laughs> <clears throat> Next story. Moving on. God of War Ragnarok. We now officially know hey. will launch November 9th. I am surprised by this. Really? Yep. I mean, this is. I mean, given everything that we've been told, this is this fits. Sure, I just, we've seen so little of that game, yeah, which I, I like yeah, now, now knowing that it's coming out, you know, it's different from a, from God of War 1, where they kind of had to prove the the merit it would then, you know, go on to receive, but yeah. with this, it's like, you know, God of War is a lot of people's favorite game ever, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's in my top five, I don't know what it ranks for you, but like, I think it was three yeah, on our I th- last, I think it, it might be two for me, I don't know, but I, I need to redo those, but, like, it's, you know, it's very high up there for a lot of people, so, the sequel is basically just, okay, it's more of that, sweet. Yeah. And you don't really have to sell me on it. And I kind of like that they haven't done much to sell me on it. Um, I was, I'm always in favor of showing less than showing more. So, yeah, cool. I'm excited to play it. I still think there's a tiny chance it gets delayed, but I don't I don't think you announce a date this late. Sure. Because it's only, what, like four months away? Yes. Uh, so, I don't think you announce a date this late expecting a delay. I agree. I think you wait and hold your cards this long so you're certain of the date. Yeah, I think it was. It would be odd for them to have committed to announcing anything at all if right. they thought that there was a significant chance that it could get delayed. Yeah. Could there be one of those... What was the game? I mean, 
Not that this is a good example, and I hope it doesn't turn out this way, but didn't Cyberpunk get delayed like by like three weeks? weeks like yeah. something. It was something minor. In the very late stages of development. That's possible, but on a game of this, with a game of this established pedigree, I would be surprised if they weren't confident enough to put a date on it and put it out on said date. Did Last of Us 2 get delayed? Yes. Okay. I think. Not by again. Not by. I think like it was a, a small delay. It was right? a short That's delay. That's what I was I thinking of. Literally like a couple months. Because I think or every Naughty Dog game since like Uncharted One has been has delayed. been slightly delayed. Yeah. Uh, if you want to know anything about God of War Ragnarok, they put out a brief summary on like the PS mm. blog, and really it's just not reading that. Once you well, there's not much to it. Oh, okay. If you played through God of War One and you're like, oh. Thimble Winter has started. Right. There's not much more beyond okay, that. Okay, sweet, sweet. And then, I like, like how the first trailer. Anything, man. Yeah. It's exciting. Everything that you've seen in God of War and maybe that one first trailer when they announced, like, or not when they announced Ragnarok, but the first trailer they actually put out for it. Right. We don't know more than that. Yeah. Really. Awesome. I so, love it. I love it. Extremely excited. Cannot wait. Yeah. Could be game of the year. I would be really actually surprised if it's not. Yeah, me at too. At this point for me. Me too. Uh, as much as I love Elden Ring, which we'll circle back to. <laughs> a lot of circling back to them. <laughs> uh, next story, and I, this one hurts. Oh, no. After the semi-flop that was the GTA Trilogy remaster. Oh, that's right. Rockstar is scrapping their planned Red Dead Redemption and GTA 4 remasters to focus on the development of GTA 6. Do I care that they're scrapping the GTA 4 remaster? Not even a little bit. Have you ever, have you ever gone back and looked at GTA 4? A little, yeah. It's it's weird. Terrible looking. looking. It looks it's so desaturated. Everything is so brown and gray and yeah. gross. And it's not like it is with like San Andreas where everything is that like yellow deserty that's kind of it makes sense. Right. And it's not like Vice City where everything is you know very colorful. Colorful. Yeah. Uh yeah, GTA 4 is one of those that <laughs> never appealed to me in looking. any way. Red Dead, on the other hand, yeah, I would have. I this is one that I would have played, even if it was just a semi, you know, cosmetic, you know, not in depth remaster. I still would have enjoyed going back to play Red Dead again, even moderately running better than it used to. Here's the thing, though. I've watched. Uh, I, I watched a playthrough, an edited playthrough of the new Vice City in San Andreas. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we would want that to fair. be fair, because like. Those games ran terribly on new consoles. Yeah. Whatever they did didn't work. Um, and so, like, I almost think, granted, it would be nice to have a much easier way to play Red Dead. Uh, but I almost think you'd be better served, like, whipping out the PS3 and just booting it up or playing it on PC, maybe. Yeah. Or Is Red Dead 1 on PC? I I'm don't not know. sure if it is or not. I, I do know. know it's on PS Now. Oh, I think. You play it that so way. you can play it that way. Which, um, <laughs> good luck. Streaming from PS Now is a mixed yeah, bag another... as well. <laughs> It's just a lot. Rockstar <laughs> does not make their games the most accessible. We'll no, just say that. no, they're not. Uh, they're not good at it. So yeah, that was a shame. But I suppose, in the grand scheme of things, you know, better left to the good memories than to relive them in a less good way. I yeah. don't know. I yeah. feel like there's an idiom that I couldn't think of when I'm saying that <laughs> sentence. But probably, probably look uh, best look through uh, rose colored glasses yes, there exactly. as opposed to seeing it again. Next story, one that I'm very excited about: Skate Four is officially called skate period. <laughs> so it's just skate. The word period. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is going to be free to play, but as of now, we do not have a release date. Are, does the free to play thing worry you at all? No. And here's why. Uh Oh, okay. Because he was ready for this. Question. 
it at least tells me that their idea behind this is, and with the renaming of it is that this will be an ongoing platform. Mm. This is not just a another skating game that they're just throwing out there. This right. is not like the as much as I love the Tony Hawk remasters, <laughs> yeah. those are not ongoing getting updates all the time. Right. This tells me that this game they're designing it to be like and since they know that there is no plans to develop any more Tony Hawk remasters or a new one or anything like that. Right. They are going to have a monopoly on the skateboarding industry in games. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So I think their plan is to sort of take advantage of that as much as they can. And honestly, of all the things that make sense for like games as platforms, sports games make the most sense, yep. especially something as customizable as skateboarding, mm-hmm. right? You can have your all, all your cosmetics on your skater, on your board, uh, and then they can release, oh, it's once a month, here's a new map yep. for six months or whatever. Here's season one, right? And you, if you have the season pass, you get all these maps and all these cosmetics and blah, blah, blah. Like, it actually makes sense in that world. It's pretty easy to see how that applies. So, I hope, I've never played a skate game. Really? Yeah. I, I for some reason, never got into them. I don't really know how they work. Uh, They're significantly more technical yeah, than I've, Tony Yeah, I've, I've always heard that. Uh, but... I will definitely try it out, especially if it's free to play, because you know skateboarding games are fun. Yeah. So it might it might as well, and then maybe I get hooked. Who yeah. knows? It scratches a different itch. I mean, Tony Hawk is so arcadey and you know fun and accessible. <clears throat> Not that skate isn't accessible, mm-hmm. but it's just it require it has a much l- bigger learning curve. Sure. Where like you're actually controlling you know sort of the sway of the board and all that sort of stuff more right. so than you would just hitting a combo of buttons. To it's do a more trick. a simulation than Tony yeah. Hawk, and gotcha. you're not doing like. 360, 900 backflip. <laughs> right. You know, melons. Yeah. <laughs> shout out. Shout out to uh, Boneless Pizza. Uh, which yeah. is a combo you can do. Uh, but I do think it's cool that in a game where the intricacies of tricks are much more in focus and it's less just pulling everything out, I think it will do better for like world leaderboards of time trials. Like, right. oh, who can do the best series of tricks? Yeah. You know, I think that will become a pretty significant aspect of this game. So. You, know, you know what I, I, the one thing I know about skate that I really want to do mm-hmm. is the thing where you try to hurt yourself the most. Oh, yeah. I hope they bring that mode back. Any any game where, like, damage is, like, a fun thing. It's the burnout thing. Yeah, is, like, one of my favorite game modes. So, looking forward to skate for <laughs> slash skate period. Shout out to uh, Destruction Golf. <laughs> I love all the golf games. Doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> uh, next up, we finally seen Skull and Bones, and it looks awful. Have we? I didn't know this yes, happened. There, you didn't know this happened, no. dude. You've got to see oh, the no. screenshot of what is quite possibly oh, God, okay. the on. worst UI in the history of video games. Oh no! Because it became a meme like instantly. I didn't see this. I don't oh, know how, gotta, I, how I avoided it. Yeah, because it was not. A, well, the gameplay itself was. It was sort of like the Assassin's Creed ship fighting meets sure. uh, Sea of Thieves. It was a lot more first person oriented from what I saw, but the image of the UI is so busy. Is this it? Uh, yeah, that looks oh pretty good. Oh my god! There is so much going on. Holy crap! If I if I remember, I'll I'll, I'll put it on screen. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. So there's your health bar. I guess your teammate looks health like bar? yeah, cooperative maybe. Uh, there's some sort of yellow thing happening at the top. I have no idea what it is. There's like your your guidance compass thing. Yeah. Uh, there's your for some reason it looks like your player info and like your picture. Uh, there's like a quest going on on the right side over yeah. here. There's 
something in the bottom right that has a bunch of numbers in it. I don't maybe know if like it's... an inventory, like weapons, like ammo kind of thing. Maybe, yeah. Bottom left is some sort of map, and then bottom middle says braced three. Th- is yeah. that how much damage you could take? Maybe. And then there's also the enemy's like health bar. <laughs> oh, that's right. It that looks see to that. be like mobile, like because it's highlighted over the other ship, so it'll just be moving across your oh screen at all God. times. Yeah, it is more UI than boat. Yeah. It is one of the most cartoonishly <laughs> busy awful, UIs dude. ever. Holy crap. Um, and I can only hope that they refine that with the backlash that I saw because there were people tweeting memes and just adding, like, you know, the Overwatch health bar <laughs> yeah. and, like, you know, persona numbers yeah. and, like, a bunch of crazy, like, that's, overlay. But, that's funny. Uh, yeah, not very enthusiastic about the future of Skull and Bones. No. Not that. I mean, I was the one who, when we were doing our, like, E3 stuff, is like, they just need to put this game out. Like, just don't, <laughs> just cut your losses, put it out, and yeah. forget about it. Yeah. But, and it maybe seems like what they're doing. I thought you meant, like, put it out to pasture. I mean. <laughs> As in, like, kill it. Honestly, putting it out for the public might be synonymous with killing it the way it <laughs> yeah, looks. Yeah, that game's not going to do well. So. Sorry, devs. And in the last story... There will be a Destiny 2 showcase hey. August 23rd, and the teaser just makes it look like another DLC. Yeah, uh, as, there is, was, as is normally the case. There was one screenshot or little brief slice of the teaser that if you played, I don't remember which Destiny 2 DLC it was, but whichever one introduced the pyramid, mm. it was like that big pyramid in the moon, yeah. like something. Yeah, There was like Eris Morn, who's like the weird three-eyed zombie lady mm-hmm. and she has like a vision of like hundreds of pyramids like coming at her or something uh, like oh this is just building off of that story right somehow yeah uh and it's called the destiny 2 showcase yep if it were just called the destiny showcase or the bungie showcase we'd get excited bungie presents whatever yeah could have been a little optimistic that we'd hear about a potential destiny 3 but at this point and because of something i'll talk about a little late <laughs> <laughs> These are like four times so far. Uh, I don't think we're getting Destiny 3 for at least a little while. But. No, I don't think so either. I We talked about it in the group a little bit uh, of like this game will have will probably be at least a console cycle almost yeah. by the time it's said and done, which is crazy. But, you know, I I think they will do a Destiny 3 I at some too. point. I, I, I have to imagine because this has been the case with me. I'm not saying like my experiences, everyone experiences, but I have to imagine each group buying the DLC has probably dropped off from the original group. Maybe not success. Like right. maybe it's, you know, in succession, maybe it's been up and down a little bit, but I can't imagine the DLC has sold as well as destiny two did flat out. Mm-hmm. Right. Obviously you're keeping that player base. You're keeping it involved. You're selling other things to them as well. But like, I have to imagine destiny three would be a great reset point for a lot of people. Cause that's what I want. I mm-hmm. want to start fresh in destiny and not, have 70 things to do which is what happens every time i go back but it is fun to also be able to go back so easily right and just be like all right i'm gonna hop on and play some multiplayer i'm gonna be super under leveled but if i do that now i can do this and now i can do that and that's yeah. how you're back in so. yeah and it, they none of their dlcs are quite the same they're that's always true. scaled differently like when destiny 2 beyond lights which was like <clears throat> prior to the witch queen was like the big like most recent huge dlc update. yeah that did feel like, oh, you've got, like, a new planet to explore, a new subclass, like, truly, like, a whole new campaign that you could play through, yeah. new quests, all that. That felt like a good reset, but I don't know how many of those an individual installment of Destiny really needs. How many mm. times can you do a hard, big DLC that almost feels like a new game before people are like, well, it's still Destiny 2, Yeah, you know? 
I mean, I guess they're going for like the World of Warcraft model. Yeah. They release something every like five years and people go crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at at the same time, I think it's a different player base. With WoW, the you know they do get visual updates from time to time, but I guess people are just so ingrained in that world that it's like, <laughs> yep, it looks like WoW. That's fine, and maybe yeah. that's what they're going for. But you know, I think Destiny is more. I won't say more catered to console players, but I would assume their Certainly. player base is probably more on console. Yeah. Um, just, Certainly more than WoW. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, but I want to say, like, came to PC later and, like, wasn't a, a, mm-hmm. a flush launch. Um, so I'm wondering with the expectations of console players, which is more, you know, regularized franchises, right. uh, that maybe they'll eventually put one out. Who knows? Yeah. But tentatively excited, I, I, like I've said before, and I'm sure we're going to get into to tease it a fifth time. <laughs> I'm always, you know, a hair away from from jumping back in. Yeah. I just need the right sort of motivation. So maybe this will be it. Who knows? And now, that is all for our news. All right. So let's move on to what I'll call our tertiary topic. Okay. Not our primary topic. Yeah. Or at least, I guess secondary comes between tertiary and primary. It does. So our secondary topic Shout out is to just the... a brief recap of our escapades in <laughs> Chicago. Escapades. Uh, of which there were a few. <laughs> yeah, there were. It was an interesting few days. Yeah, this is not gaming related. <clears throat> no, very not much at all. all. Uh, but it explains our absence. Sure. To at least a certain extent. What do you want to start extent. with? Uh, do you want to go chronological? Chron- <laughs> Dude, I love bionicles. Yeah, I know. Uh, chronologically, uh, on our way up there, so we're yeah. from Kentucky, so we drove. Uh, I drove, to be specific. Yeah. Uh, and these, Tanner and our mutual friend Brent, were just being chuckleheads for most of the time. You took like an <laughs> I hour slept nap for a little bit, yeah. And then once you woke up, from that point in, on, driving up there was just oh, hilarity yeah. ensued. We were very giggly, yeah. I forgot about uh, that. We stopped at a little uh, rest stop. <laughs> uh, I forgot about this too. It was on. It was close to the border of Indiana and Illinois. Yeah. And if you're familiar with Fairfield Farms, which I was not. Uh, it might be for bad reasons, but turns out we basically stopped at Fairfield Farms at a gas station that looked like a barn. Yes. And yeah, it was, it was decorated like a barn and they had, what did, they had a creamery? Was that what it was called? I think so. Or it was like a dairy, a dairy contestant. Dairy contestant. That was That's it. what a it dairy was. Dairy contestant, like a uh, delicatessen, but dairy. Everything was cow themed. It was bizarre. There were like, uh, fiberglass cows in the yeah. actual gas station. Uh, there was like a water tower with like cow print yeah, it was on cow it. Print. It was wild. It looked like almost like an expo center. Like you come like <laughs> here's did. the the dairy farmers yearly gathering probably happens at this freaking place. Yeah. Um, but that was just an amusing pit stop. It was. And we peeled out of there, and it took us the Google Maps, whichever map app I was using, took us an interesting route in. Yeah, it did. Instead of going like interstate all the way in, we took like a very zigzaggy route through a bunch of Indiana flatland farms. Yeah, like a scenic route almost. That you know, it was a little deliverancey at times. <laughs> yeah, I got well we we got to a point with that trip where with with that part of it specifically we're like, where do these people shop for groceries? Yeah. Because it became like a forty five minute stretch of nothing with a few houses and we're like, where the hell do you all go to get food? Some strangely like palatial estates. Oh yeah, there was out in the middle of nowhere houses out there. I'm assuming they're just people that own these like acres and acres of land and just farm them and make a bunch of money. Yeah. Um, but is it really worth it when you can't get to a <laughs> at least like a save a lot for like an hour? <laughs> Shout out to save a lot. Like literally, we passed that one little like corner store that I'm like, this is like the kind of this is the size of a gas station that you would see 
two minutes away from our houses somewhere. Right, right, right. And this is the only place they have access to within 30 minutes. Right. Like, it was crazy. Yeah, it was wild. Uh, but we were just, we were marked about every single thing that we saw. <laughs> we did. Uh, I saw a seagull. <laughs> that's right. And I didn't, I was like, yeah, I'm pretty remember, sure that's seagull. I don't remember all the stuff we saw on the way up there. Uh, we, Brent, our friend, referenced, we got to this little uh, four-way stop, and he referenced the thing in SpongeBob, the movie, that was like, they run up on those two oh, rednecks yeah. at a crossroads, and they're like, you want mustard or ketchup? And then yeah. he starts laughing, and you gave him your Bengal Snuggie, and then like... Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, I had a Bengal Snuggie, and Brent like went crazy. For, he loved it. He loved like, the blanket. You know it has sleeves, right? And he's like... <laughs> yeah, his mind was sleeves? blown. And then uh, he was like, I liked it better when I didn't have sleeves. Like, so then you we, could do that. <laughs> we roll into Chicago. We check in. We get our Airbnb, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, the Airbnb was interesting. It was fine. It was fine. It did its job. Yeah. Served its purpose. We had beds. Yeah. Uh, we put Brent on the couch. We did. Uh, he had a pull-out we, couch. It was a, it was a bed. Which is funny because he's the tallest of us. It was a big pull-out couch. It was a big was a pull-out queen. couch. Uh, but he complains a lot, which made it funny. <laughs> it did. Uh, yeah. So that first night, so we went to... Pequod's. Pequod, okay, we went to Pequod's for dinner, which... Yeah. Folks. <laughs> like... Fellow Americans. <laughs> if you go to, like, do not go... Well, I can't say do not go to, like, the touristy deep dish pizza spots. I will say I had a buddy from Chicago who I forgot was there talk to me later about it and asked if I went to the M1. Don... Lou Malnati's? Lou Malnati's, that's right. Not Don Malnati's. And she was like... I was like, we went to Paquads, and she was like, okay, fair, but I have a I have a deep deep love for Lou Malnati's. Interesting. Just letting you know that caveat. But I... I don't know that we could have done better than Pequod's. I don't think so. Pequod's was in, insanely good. And Lou Malnati's, there are Lou Malnati's in random places. Oh, that's right. We looked which that I think up. was yeah, one of my could, observations. We could just go find that somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, and there is one Pequod's. Yeah. And it was the one that I had heard, like the locals like Pequod's over Giordano's and Lou Malnati's, which are like the warring Chicago pizza factions. Yeah, I'd heard that too. Uh, and this was sort of like a Detroit-Chicago pizza-style hybrid, and it was just absolutely ridiculous. Oh, my God. It like, was... It took an hour for them to bake it because it was so deep, which that's you know common. But uh, I got did you what did you get? Did you? Just I got straight sausage. Sausage, that's right. Brent, Brent got just got cheese. cheese. I got meatball and basil. Oh yeah, which oh, it was so good. And maybe to skip forward just a little bit. Sure. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> the night we came back from the bars, the second night. So I guess that would have been a Sunday night. I think right. Concert yes. was Monday. So on Sunday night we came back from the bars. And I had one slice of Pequod's left. Which is hefty. And, I mean, it took me like two minutes to microwave the thing. <laughs> but those drunken bites of Pequod's mm. at like two in the morning or whatever it was, maybe the singular best bite of food I've ever had. Yeah. It was so good. Uh, so, yeah, can't recommend Pequod's enough. Top, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. I struggle to remember. I have my favorite pizza that I've ever eaten, which was in New York. Sure. This could compete for number two and I just have to try to think if there are others that could contend with it but it's genuinely some of the best pizza I've ever had in my life yeah as someone who's never been to New York uh which is you know is the pizza mecca yeah. basically uh I this is my favorite pizza I've yeah. ever had and it's a very like stylistic difference a lot of people prefer deeper thicker more toppings if you're that kind of person this is probably the best pizza you could ever ask for. dude the crust if you're the thin type like oh. me I love the thin crust pizza then mm-hmm. New York's your jam but whew, this was incredible uh, left out of Pequod's that night, you know, we went back, sort of cleaned up, gussied ourselves up, got ready. 
met a friend of Brent's. Yes, who lives uh, in Chicago. And I went, that was Federales? Yes, we went to Feds. Yeah, that's right. Uh, this is if you've... If you're a Chicago local, you probably know what it is. But it, we got told later that's a very broy bar, which, although it like, wasn't. It really. wasn't like it maybe was, a little, but like yeah, every bar is kind of broy, I think. And maybe that was the we sat like outside. We had a table that's where we true. were seated, so we were able to just chill and enjoy conversation, whatever. Uh, I could see maybe the people running up the bar. Yeah. Uh, uh, Brent's friend brought bought us around of tequila shots literally first, as soon as we got there. First thing Actually, we did. Actually, it was Brent's friend's roommate. Yes. So, well, so we went to Paquads, and then we had, like, a little bit of time to spare. I hadn't slept the night before because that's what yeah. I do for some reason. And uh, so I took, like, a little cat nap. You all went and got, like, stuff for the, like, groceries. Oh, yeah. Stuff. We just got some, like, booze, just, basically. Yeah. Basically got beer. Um, and so. We never had any food beyond leftovers in there. That's, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Which we didn't need it. We yeah. were just eating out all the time. Um. So yeah, I, I'm still like kind of groggy, and the guy's like tequila shots, and I'm like, all right, sure. Uh, I didn't get that drunk that night. Uh, so that was kind of a, an anomaly. But uh, yeah, he immediately. So Brent's friend was very sweet. Oh yeah. I mean, I guess we can say his name. So because they're very bland white guy yeah. names. Uh, so Brent's friend Jonathan. Lives in Chicago from Kentucky, or is he from Kentucky originally? Or did he just go to school here? He might have just went to school here. I don't know I don't where know he's his from, but well anyway, yeah. Anyway, he that's how they met, and then he moved to Chicago. Um, his roommate is—I think you put it best, which was you described him as like a toy car, and that like anything you pointed him toward, he would go for. He's like the Energizer Bunny. Like he yeah. was just ready to do stuff and so excited to be out, and you know, yeah. very fun. But a lot. Yes. That's that's the best way to put it, I think. He was a he, good one-nighter. Yes. A good, like, kickstarter for the night, that kind of thing. He's a one-night stand if you're going out with <laughs> as the a, boys. As a friend, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, he was the one with tequila shots. His name was Sam. And he was just a blast to watch do his thing. Because yeah. he was so interesting. Um, go ahead. I don't know. I guess we went... Post-Federales, we just walked around whatever district that was. That's we, West Loop. We went to we that one hotel bar that was stupid packed yes that was the oh what was that place called i remember my drink was it the luxton that sounds because the london house was the second night correct all right so i think it was the Uh, luxton i just remember the mezcal and coconut cream sort of cocktail that i got at this hotel that was incredible but it was so packed and so expensive that we're like we're ready to leave Yes, yeah. And so literally i drank that thing in like five minutes then we bolted yeah uh and then we walked around a little bit more and at that point, we elected to go ahead and call it a night, more or less, after yeah. a little more exploring. But we did run into, we were, a, like, pondering going into this <laughs> oh, next bar. Right. Also, it was the Hoxton. I was one letter off. But. We were standing on a street corner in this very <laughs> bustling <laughs> district. Yeah. Uh, saying, do we want to go in here? It was a bit of a line. Look over, and coming across a crosswalk is the bridalist bridal party that, like you could just tell. Yeah, we've not been only, in Nashville enough. Yeah, not know. only was it the you know in the distance you could see who was clearly the bride with the white sash. Yeah, but all the girls gussied up, you know, sort of leading her. <laughs> love, love the second yeah, use of gussy up. Uh, <laughs> so they're coming across, and obviously yeah, we're crossing the street. We're five guys. We're at, yeah, uh, several of us sort of engaged because the they're getting ready to probably go into the same bar that we were outside. Yeah, <clears throat> the bride is behind yeah. and maybe she had been talking to someone but then she misses the crosswalk you know opportunity that the right. rest of them took advantage of so then they're all like looking back at her and we see her over there and 
I want to say me and Sam when she finally starts to like hustle across in her high heels. Start. We all no, start, we all we all started yeah, clapping. We all yeah. started clapping. Yeah. Uh, which made a fun little We're like, interaction. Yeah. Uh, and then several of you all, I won't mention the girl's name that y'all started talking to, but she became a meme for the well, rest no, of the trip. Well, no, we have to we have to sell it, say how it started. You can, okay. So I was wearing uh, a shirt that had flowers on it, oh, but they yeah. were like '70s illustrations of shirts, so they were like wide. And very simplified. It's if you follow me on Twitter or Instagram, you've probably seen it. But I wear that shirt a lot. But uh, <laughs> she comes over to me, and like out of all of us boys, you're just like, "Is that a mitochondria shirt?" <laughs> and I look down, and I'm like, "It does look like mitochondria." So I just start laughing. I was like, "Well, yeah. it is now." And uh, so we, yeah, we just started talking to her, and then she, I'm gonna assume she was a little drunk. Yeah. But she also just proceeds to tell us, like, her life story uh, and about, like, her relationship she was in. And she was asking us, like, I guess for, like, confirmation yeah. on whether she was, And like, keyword was, she offered up the anecdote that she just broke up with her boyfriend. And he was a drug dealer. <laughs> I forgot about that part. <laughs> that, that, that was, that was you're right. random. You're right. You're that right. was exactly what she said. Um, so she, that, was very, she was very sweet. We're yeah. not making fun of her No, no, not at all. It was just a bizarre interaction. And, you know, for... I'm going to... I'm going to give a broad generalization here. Okay. For some guys, you hear the phrase from a girl out at night, oh, I just broke up with my boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. That's a green light more than anything else. Right. So that several of us, uh, not I don't know, we started talking to her. I have a girlfriend, but it was just like. Yeah, we were just talking I mean? to someone. We were talking just to a person. Her. And it was fun for me to just observe her. She was yeah, just yeah, an yeah. interesting person. She was person. interesting, yeah. Uh, and they end up going into that bar. <laughs> you and Brent, like, touch base with her a little more. No, no, no. So what happened was, well, okay, yeah. So she tells us all to follow her on Instagram. Right. So we do. Uh, and then the the mom of the bridal party is like, give him the QR code. Do you not remember this? She's no. like, give him the QR code. And she's like, okay, I'm going to give him the QR code. And then she just like shrugged it off. So we were theorizing. It was like, is that like a donate to her wedding or like buy them a drink kind of thing. I don't know what the QR code was going to oh, be for. Yeah, that would be. Maybe that's what it was. That's smart. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we found out from Jonathan, I think, the next day that <laughs> they ended up. So yeah, on that corner, we ended up getting an Uber. We were tired. We yeah. had driven in that day. So we just went home or went to the Airbnb. Uh, and then Jonathan and Sam went out the with with that group. Yeah, they followed them into that bar. Well, Sam got in. This is apparently oh, a very yeah. hard, a hard bar to get into unless you're a, a girl. Uh, which is not something we normally deal with, but I guess in the nope. big, in the big city is, it is, is a actually thing. a thing. Uh, so Sam got in with them, but like Jonathan was trailing behind a little bit, so he didn't get in. So he had to like wait for them to come back out to get him or something. I don't remember the exact details, but uh, Sam made out with the girl and then did not talk to her. I guess the rest of the time because apparently he made out with her and then was very quickly out of there and they were going home. Yeah. So I don't know what happened in that. Maybe scenario, they just but... interpreted Sam. Very similarly to us. Yeah. yeah. He was fun for a little while. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, now go away. So, we go home. Yeah. Sleep it off. Yeah. Next day, uh, we were hitting museums left and right. Hell yeah. Uh, we've hit, over the course of the whole span, we hit three art museums. Yep. We hit the Museum of Contemporary Art. MCA, yep. We hit the Art Institute of Chicago. For like 45 minutes. But yeah, it, it we, was, we it was sort fun. of speed ran it. Yeah, we, we uh, had to go a little quick there. And then ate a really great dinner that night uh, at a place called The Gage. Yes. Uh, oh, we also hit our... You know, I was going to say, you're leaving out Portillo's. Our beloved internet sort of uncle, Greg Miller. <laughs> uh, we hit his favorite spot in the world, Portillo's in Which downtown Chicago. I think might have been Brent's favorite meal. <laughs> he talks about... like He, well, he even said uh, when we went out uh, to the movie, right. he was like, if it weren't for the elk, I think Portillo's, Portillo's was yeah. my favorite. Especially because 
the following day, which we'll get to. But like we ate it, we ate all the Chicago staples of food, which were deep dish, yep. Chicago dogs, and Italian beef. Yep. The next day we got Al's Italian beef, which is like the spot. Right. Brent was not feeling the best. No, he was hungover, so he didn't enjoy the meal. And eating a super dense slab <laughs> Soaking of beef wet. Yeah. was not what his body needed at that moment. No. Ours did, though. Oh, it was amazing. Uh, I loved Al's. It was so good. But the art museums were, and I have told people this since, I was like, this is not something that I would normally elect to do if it were just me or just sure. not the group that I was running with. Yeah. But because I had been to Chicago and I had seen a lot of the touristy stuff, I was like, you know what? Whatever you guys want to do, let's just do it. Yeah. And I'm kind of along for the ride. Right. If I had to power rank, uh-huh. MCA was my least favorite. It okay. was cool. Yeah, fair. I really dug the Art Institute. Yeah. We should have spent more time there, but we uh, just it didn't. And that's one thing. If we ever go back, then that's a good thing yeah, to go we back do- and hit. Actually, like there. noon, yeah. Um, I really enjoyed that because I was seeing paintings by, when I use the words like legit artists, I mean like people I've heard of. Yeah, yeah. As a well known person, well known painters. Yeah. yeah, seeing like Georgia O'Keeffe stuff, seeing American Gothic in person, seeing right. Van Gogh stuff. Just right. I was like, oh shit! Like this is I've heard of this stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that was cool, and all the historic stuff was cool there too. Yeah. But. The Wonder Museum was Dude, really, really cool. It was awesome. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I guess I'll, I'll art nerd out sure. a little bit. So yeah, MCA was like, I would actually say MCA might have been my least favorite. I might rank it in the exact same order. Sure. But I don't know. I'd been to the Art Institute before, so maybe it would, for me, go Art Institute, MCA, Wonder. Um, MCA was really cool. The exhibits that they had on display were all kind of samey mm. in the terms of like, uh, a lot of them were like inst- installation pieces. Yeah. Um, some of the stuff was really awesome there. Like there were some amazing pieces there. But the MCA is basically just a scaled up version of a modern art museum of any city. Sure. Like it's not to the point of like MoMA, right? Well, which I didn't think it was going to be, but it was just kind of like a really nice gallery. In fairness, their gift shop, awesome. Yes, they had the best gift shop. If, honestly, sure. that might have been my favorite part of that place. Yeah. Art, art, like I want to go to the MoMA gift shop so bad. Anyway. Um, and then, yeah, Art Institute is a shame we only had like 45 minutes, but. The 45 minutes we got were really fun. And it was cheaper because we were there later That's in the true. day. That's true. Yeah, we got the, like the late discount. Uh, like you said, seeing like the really important stuff. Yeah. I had seen a lot of that before as, a, as like a 14-year-old. But seeing it as an adult yeah. felt different, especially now recognizing like the Matisse's and the, all those kinds of things too. Um, we saw Water Lilies, uh, the Monet painting. Like We saw a lot of really cool influential art. Um, and they also had like the modern art leaning stuff. We didn't yeah. get to see as much of that. But uh yeah, the Wonder Museum, maybe that's just geared more toward, like, a younger museum goer now. It has to be. Because, <clears throat> I mean, a lot of the appeal of the Wonder Museum... So, the Wonder Museum is more experiential. The way I was describing it to uh, my coworkers was, like, it is, like, an art museum meets a, like, an Explorium. Mm. Or, like, a, those kids, like, you know, fun museums. Yeah. It's, like, one of those, those things, but for adults. <coughs> You're, that's a good way to put it. Because a lot of it is, like... A lot of uh, experiments with lighting and sound and audiovisual stuff and, and sensory things, but a lot of it is clearly made to be awesome, like Instagram Instagrammable, photos. Instagrammable, yeah. And it's not not in a bad way. No. It's like you know those are some of my favorite photos from the trip, and it encourages to take photos. And I, I you know, the more I the older I get, the more I'm like, okay, you should always take photos on vacation because those are things you can look back. But it should always be pictures of you all Mm -hmm. like nobody cares about your picture of a bridge like that's googleable yeah exactly (laughs) someone has taken that bridge better than you will but not of your friends right so like all of the experiences in that were really cool one of them moved brent to tears 
True. Uh, which was pretty cool. He was in an elevated state. He was. Yeah, he uh, was. But there was a room. That, that was a was, good place to do it, to be uh, fair. It was Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah. Yes. Was playing in this dimly lit, soft walled room. Yeah, it was like an octagon. There was just like, oh. It was kind of like when you are scrolling through like Reddit or TikTok or whatever, and you'll come across that post. It's just like, stop here for a minute. Yeah. Like, you've been scrolling for a while. Take a second. Take a break. It's like when Shovel Knight's sitting by the fire. Yeah. Uh, Shout out. It's that kind of vibe. Right. Brent stayed in that room 10 minutes longer than we did. <laughs> he did. He was there forever. And we had to p- poke our heads in a couple times to coax him out because this thing, this museum was linear. Right. So there were people sort of not waiting, but would have been coming up on him soon. Right. Like, there was, hey, a, Brent, there was can, a queue, basically. We can sort of move on. Uh, uh, maybe the most fun room, which is the only room yep. we didn't get any pictures in, was... It would have been a hard room to take yeah, pictures. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's... Yeah. Uh, was It was basically... I knew what it was when we walked in, or I knew what the, the machine was. Right. Uh, it, was, it was a little touchpad kind of thing on a pillar with like 16 buttons i've watched enough music producing tiktok that i know that that was a like a, a beat making right. one of those like sound pads so i knew that's what it was going to be but there are a bunch of random shapes on the wall and so you press a button and it starts playing like a loop of a song or a loop of an instrument like yeah. drums or horns or whatever and then on the wall the shapes would like pulse with the beat of that button so then you quickly realize, like, oh, you can make your own song by pressing a bunch of buttons. And the three of us idiots were just sitting there, like, holding down buttons and, like, fucking bopping oh, while we were, were doing it. it and was, we're all, like, musically inclined. Sure, yeah, we all love music. So we were, it's not like we were just doing it willy-nilly. No, no, no. We were sort of, like, counting to the beat and like, oh, take your hands off, put yeah, hands yeah, we on. Yeah, like, yeah, we were timing it. Like, we had our, you know, production moment. It, it was really cool. It was so funny that we all just, like, not a word needed to be said. We went into some sort of, like, trance of just, like, dancing yeah. and just, like, laughing. Um, but, yeah, there were so many cool exhibits in there. I wish we got to spend longer in the mirror ball room. Yeah, it's sort of, I think it's a little arbitrary that it's only a minute. It's some, they were like, the artist decided this. And I'm yeah. like, okay, sure. Uh, <laughs> I Maybe he did, but that's stupid. It should be, at least be, like, three. Um, I understand why they limit it to time because I think that's a room people could get, like, really lost in is not like lost geographically but just yeah. like can get really kind of sucked into it did make for a cool like album covery picture yes well th- that's why I, I felt like i was rushing y'all but i was like we have a minute we have yeah. to go no i was like fair enough um but yeah there were there was a room where like you walked i guess this is the most video gamey this trip got so sure. it's, it warrants spending a little longer on it um there was a room where we walked in and the floor was like uh, these sort of like hazy lights when you would step. Yeah, it was like pressurized LEDs. <laughs> yeah, and so it looked like you were walking in like space and your feet were like meteors or something. It was wild. Um, There's another room that kind of tracked your face with AI and then repeated that across yes. a wall that some little kid was obsessed with. I was Okay, I was going to circle back to this toddler. <laughs> this little kid, okay. Who was... Yeah, toddler's a better way to say it. Perhaps it like the two, maybe? least restrained child that I've ever seen in public. Yeah, what was going on? way up there. Because uh, there was this family, and like we said, this place is linear. The Not that... I'm, they want people to spend their time and enjoy the exhibits. But if there is someone right behind you, I just feel like common courtesy dictates, you know, okay, do my thing here, move on. Right. It's like it's like playing golf or like putt yes. golf. It's like if somebody's behind you, like, okay, I'm not going to dilly-dally. <laughs> I've been around each other too long. So this family <laughs> fucking dilly dallied a lot. They were dilly dallyers um, for sure. And they had this child that they tried to leave the room where your face would get reprojected on the wall several times. Yeah. This toddler made his way by himself 
back to he this just, room. He just kept coming like back. three or four times. He yeah. was like constantly. He would just let, get loose and just start waddling his way over there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. He there was one little exhibit that you were walking through, like red binary, right? Which yeah. you got a really good picture of my head. Yeah. So there. it was it was paper cut uh, zeros and ones, right. and then there were like a few of those like stock ticker screen yes, kind of things, that sort of. Down the wall and then across the floor. And I think it said like digital analog, digital analog, yeah. digital analog. And they made a specific point when we came in there. They're like, if there are wires or like whatever, don't touch. Yeah. Most of the stuff was actually interactive. Like yeah. you could touch most, I'd say like 80% of the stuff there you could touch. This you couldn't. This one was clearly marked. Yeah. Don't yeah. touch it. Except the toddler, oblivious to such things, <laughs> yeah. uh, crawled right over and like totally upended one of the panels of this ticker thing. And clearly one of the attendants to the museum was like... Shit. Like, yeah, yeah, going like, over I, there I and like, we gotta, something. I was like, how much more does this kid have to do before they ask these people to leave? Yeah, <laughs> and it couldn't have been much more than that. No, I mean, he was being a toddler, yeah. it's but eventually, I just don't think that's a place you take a toddler. No, he didn't understand what was going on. No, eventually, we sort of somehow managed to pass them. Yeah, like, once we got to like the last like third of the museum, we were able to sort of experience it without them being in front of us, which yeah. was nice. It was, yeah, it was a nicer uh, experience. But I mean, basically, I was just, I kept whispering stuff to you, and I was like, get this freaking kid yeah. out of here. Yeah, he was he was like, being a menace. Yeah. Uh, you all, you and Brent also had experience with this girl. Oh, yeah. Who was, I'm we I'm still not sure if she was part of that group or not. We don't think so. I don't think she was. Because <laughs> otherwise, I think you would have asked them to take the yes, pictures. exactly. Um, so, but she was like closely with them the whole time. She was, yeah. I guess, in between us, and looked like she could have been related to them. Like, yeah, look, like they could have been family. Yeah, but anyway, every time she got to like a room, she'd be like, "Can one of you guys take my picture?" Which is like, you know, that's fine, whatever. But then, <laughs> normally, I think there is some bit of like decorum of like, okay, you get two or three, you accept it. That's the picture yeah, as you, you move like, on. Take your shot with a stranger taking your picture. Could right. be good, could be not great, but you can't. They're not your photographer. Right. It's just like, okay, I got I got the shot. But she kept, which I just watched this happen. She never asked me, which is which funny. Because I was the one taking the pictures of us, yeah. clearly. Um, but she, Yeah, she kept asking you both. And, and she would like take the phone back and be like, actually, can we do like two more? <laughs> and that happened like three or four times yeah. in each session. Yes. It was wild. And I just got, I kept getting cracked up because she kept hitting such like Instagram girl poses, not to call anybody out, but she would be like, like she like would just like, I don't know, her hands cracked me up for some reason. It was really funny. A lot of flourishes. Yeah. um, But you know, that's, it's part of what it's there for, for sure. Yeah. You paid, it was like $40 to get in. So I mean. Was it that much? It was like 30 something. Oh, wow. So I was like, you know, get your money's worth. And it was worth it. Yeah. I'll say that. Uh. So that was on our last day of the trip. Yeah. We left the Wonder Museum, went back, got ready, and headed to the United Center for, where I got this t-shirt, the Rage Against the Machine concert, which yes. was, look, I've been to, <laughs> what I'll say is two proper concerts in my life, this All literally right. being the second one. What was the first? Coheed and Cambria at the Mercury Bar. Right, with us, yeah. Which is a small venue, a band that I really love. Yeah. But this was a different type this was oh, this was a concert completely different kind of thing and yeah. i got us i bought all the tickets and stuff i was not a, aware that i got a club level <laughs> yeah. but brent was able to just pop out and get a beer like instantly yeah like, it was oh, really fast this area is like really good and not as crowded and we had the in seats on our aisle run the that jewels awesome. opened fun yeah good setting the mood they gave a couple little skit speeches kind of thing Cra- crowd didn't quite know them as well as i thought sure. they might but you know it could be an age gap thing. Yeah. But then after the intermission, 
curtain came down and I described it, I think, as we left. I was like, I think that's the best thing I've ever been to. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was incredible. Uh, quickly, before we get too much into the concert, uh, we did forget on the second night we were there. Oh, right. Uh, we went to one of the coolest bars I've ever been to, which was a rooftop bar, like a legit rooftop bar yeah. on like a skyscraper in Chicago. Um, I don't know how many floors we were up or how many levels we were up. 30, 40 maybe? I want to say it was in the 20s at the minimum. Okay, yeah, so. it was. we were high. I, I have no gauge for that kind of thing as far as like stories go, but uh, we were very high up, and uh, it was not packed at all. It seems like one of those things like you just kind of have yeah. to know about. And it was a Sunday night. That's true, so, so. it probably wasn't as popular as it was, but the drinks were great. Um, the view was incredible. It was insane. Uh, and yeah, just so that's the London house if you're ever yeah. in Chicago. That's like maybe my biggest... Not biggest recommend, but for people who you're just looking for a bar to go to, especially yeah. on a not that crowded night, couldn't have asked for better. Yeah, it was perfect. Like just sit around, chat, yep. listen to some weather music. was good. Yeah, it felt really awesome so. outside. Yeah, it was good. Um, I just wanted to, to bring that up. Yeah, but no, I'm glad you did. Yeah, the, the concert. I have. It's funny. I didn't realize I've been to both concerts you've been to. That's yeah. that's interesting. Uh, if you don't count Trans Siberian Orchestra, which well, I don't, I don't. <laughs> I've been to TSO too, but I wouldn't count it. Uh, yeah, so I've been to, I don't know how many concerts now in my life. Uh, it was definitely, pro it was probably my favorite concert I've ever been to. Uh, it's a mixture both of how good the concert was and, you know, Rage hasn't toured in 11 years. The fact that I got to see them live, the fact that they still sounded so good they live. They sounded great. They sounded really good. I mean, I've, I've talked about it multiple times, but I, I think Tom Morello's guitar is the best sounding live guitar I've ever heard. Mm. Um, their sound mixing was so good. Uh and yeah, uh, my one of my favorite things that I didn't expect was the the visuals of the mm -hmm. show. So it opens with uh, they have this curtain, which I guess they haven't done anywhere else from what I've seen. I don't know. I saw people posting because now I'm on the Rage Reddit because you showed me, me a couple yeah. things from it. Uh, and a lot, a lot, I saw a lot of people were like, "Oh, I saw Chicago got a, car a curtain drop. Wish we would have gotten that." <laughs> so I'm like, "That's cool," because uh, the curtain was, and I think it's like a famous fo photograph, but it's I, I don't remember uh, particularly what it is. It's like a '90s photo but in black and white of like this kid standing between two train cars. Yeah. Um, and that's just printed on their curtain. So they start with this, uh, with this PSA intro God. thing. Zach just chanting like this fairly. And I was just like, kind of hard to understand what he was saying at the time. I had to go back and watch it several times to get even close to what he's saying. But um, yeah, he's just this sort of tantric chanting of, of this like little poem. Yeah. And then the, the the music was very just like instrument, just like yeah, like that kind of like chaotic sound. Um, and then the curtain drops into bomb track, into bomb track. So it's bomb track starts, and then it's just a black screen, and in red letters it says "Fear is your only god," which set the tone. Which is a, that's a line from Vietnam, right? That's that a, I don't know. I think it's a line from something. Um, but just, yeah, seeing fear is your only God as their opener. I was like, holy shit. And we just, it's gotta be the most I've ever screamed at a show. Yeah. Um, it also has to be the most I've ever consistently moved at a show. Mm. That was, that's really the underrated part about the raid show is that their, their discography, which we knew this going in really doesn't have like a downside, but they also really don't do like ballads. No. So there's not like a sit it's down, sit down, recover song. Yeah, it is just all gas, no breaks. And so we were moving the entire time. My heels hurt so much yeah. the next day from just bouncing up and down. Uh, but God, it was worth it. It was so fun. Yeah. And I'll like, I'll never forget that curtain drop. And when they're sort of doing the little lead into bomb track, because that's yeah. a good one to start with. Yeah. And him finally just being like, 
Good evening. We are Rage Against the Machine from Los Angeles, California. And then he's just like, this is a public service announcement. And then when it drops. Yeah. Because I, I was, I knew or I had heard that they were doing like video screen stuff. I had no idea what they were going to put on it. Yeah. I, and I didn't when know that, any of that drops, the curtain drops so fast and that pops up and it drops right into that beat. I was like. That just in, I entered a state of euphoria yeah. that I didn't really leave yeah. for ninety minutes. Yeah, it was such an incredible way to start a show. Uh, we should talk about though. Yep. That uh, was it. It was it. Bulls. It was, it was no. Are you talking about Zach? Yeah. It was. It's the song after Bulls. We. I know the first four because it went bomb track, people of the sun, then, then Bulls, Bulls, and then bullet in the head. Bullet in the head. He, that's did, he did it during yeah. bullet in the head. So Zach hurt his leg. I still don't know exact. Do we know exactly what it was? Um, he seemed to hurt his ankle specifically going back, uh, but he hurt himself in the middle of, of bullet in the head, finished the song. Yeah. And it helps that they have these, like, I keep calling them interstitial videos of yeah, little of, like vignettes. Yes. Of basically stuff that rage would be doing videos of, yeah. right? Like here is the police yep. and here's all the different forms of police with like a, a cop. And then there's like a dog. And then there's like Boston dynamics things saying like, this is the police too. Um, my that was my favorite one of those because that, that just, was super cool. It was slow motion of that for like ninety nine percent of it, and then the last one percent were just butchered pigs heads, and then the song started. Yeah, it was so cool. But little interstitials like that, talking about like you know uh, security or surveillance footage and like all that kind of stuff. So during that, we don't really know what's going on, but we can see like people attending to him or like we didn't know if it was you know because sometimes they come up and swap out guitars or whatever. We didn't know if it was like a sound check thing. But then I think after bullet in, bullet in the head, he he like says something, right? Wasn't he like, I fucked my leg up, but we've come too far to. Oh yeah, when he came back out, he was just like, I don't know what happened to my leg, but we come too fucking far. It's like if I have to crawl across the stage, we're gonna play for y'all tonight, and he's just like, y'all ready? And they dip right into testify, right? And, and then, then he's just sitting down, but he. It sounded great. Doesn't miss a like, beat. His vocally. live vocal is so good. Um, and if anything, I, I liked your theory too because some of his yells sounded particularly guttural. Yeah. So we were wondering if he was like flexing the hurt ankle and just leaning into "Ah!" it. Like it it was wild. Uh, Basically that was like act one. Yeah. Act two, they kept going. They played some hits. I would say act two sort of concluded with wake up and his speech during wake up. Yeah. So he did. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Gave a little, it's on YouTube. You know, if you want. Yeah. The entire set list, by the way, is on YouTube in stunning quality. Yeah. Uh, we were at the 7-Eleven Chicago show. Yeah. There were 7-Eleven, 7-12. Uh, so he goes in the whole, like, <sighs> there was, like, lines just, like, the ruling class in this country has proven itself. There's, like, specific words that every time I listen to just the words. Mm. And when he just says the word and he yells it, he's like, unworthy. And I'm just like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so his whole speech was great, especially during Wake Up, song that I love. And that was sort of act two. Yeah. Act three after a little bit of a lull, was the Freedom Township Rebellion oh killing God. in the name medley to end it, which included the abort the Supreme Court, which has been on the news, right? which so was just mind-blowing. The way they got into it was not how I expected. So I thought, I think you and I both thought when we saw that headline, that Zach just said, said it. it. Like during a yes. speech like he did uh, during Wake yeah, Up. I assumed it was off the cuff. Yeah. So instead, uh, during... What song freedom. Was, free, yeah, it was during Freedom, right, because he's yelling Freedom the whole time. Uh... So he's yelling the freedom, yeah, over and over. And on the screen behind them, these, like, statistics start yeah. flap, uh, start flashing up. So it's like, uh, you know, f- forced birth in a country where 
Uh, it costs five to fourteen thousand yeah. dollars to give birth. Forced birth in a country where black women are three times more likely to die during childbirth than white women. Forced yeah. birth, you know, it's There's that like kind three of or thing. four statistics like that. Yeah, and then uh, the drop happens, and it just says abort the Supreme Court, and I like lost my shit. Yeah. It was so good. And then that goes right into the little reprieve of Township, Township Rebellion, Rebellion yeah. and then right into Killing in the Name. Which of course was hype because that's their most popular song, and also how they close, and how they close. Which as soon as it gets to the last like sort of fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. Yeah. Series, the lights turn on. Every light in the damn place turns on. I've never seen a show do this before. They turn and it was on cool all because of the it's like lights. they knew that everybody in this place is going to be jumping and screaming. Like yeah. So it was less about them in that moment and more about everyone doing this together. Yeah. It was so cool. Yeah. So yelling the fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. Uh, and just every, I realized during that, cause my voice was really gone at this yeah. point. I was like, maybe I should pick and choose what I yell. I was pushing through literally every line and killing in the name. You have to yell yeah. every line. It's so good. Uh, but yeah, when they turned on all the house lights, I was like, holy crap, this is an actual like experience. Yeah. Uh, we also didn't talk about the, uh, it had to start somewhere. It had to start sometime in gorilla radio. Yeah. So in better place in here. And then they all go quiet. And then the entire place is what What better time than now. That may be the most like chills moment I get listening back. Me too. Cause that yell, like everyone is yelling the fuck out of that. It's so loud. Um, and then to close the show, Zach's, we didn't say Zach had just sat on a monitor the entire time. I don't know if we said that. Maybe we did. Um, but he just sat on a, on a speaker the entire time. And so, they the band kind of goes over to Zach as you know killing the name is over they're like ending the show and the thing that I got like so kind almost choked up about mm-hmm. was that Tom Morello he's a very showy like performer but he's a very like quiet kind of understated yeah, he's mild mannered yeah and so they they go over and hug Zach and they're like you and know, Zach he gets on and is just like you know you got us through this he's yeah, like you turned it around you for turned us it around or whatever. for us yeah. yeah and then they all go embrace him. Yeah, and so, but then Tom comes out, and he is like, it, he acts like he just like won the NBA Finals. He's yeah. like, yeah, yeah and he's Tiger just, fist pumping, like, yeah, and like just like hyping the crowd up. So there's like a secondary there's roar. A swell, it was awesome. And then like he just started like pounding his chest with his hand and was just like, thank you, thank you, yeah. thank you. So that made it feel really special because um, I don't know that they end a show like that normally. So yeah, and then we had <laughs> one of the cool. I, I've told a couple people about just the. The experience of having an Uber tent yeah, was awesome. It was cool. So the United Center, as we're leaving, obviously a ton of people are calling Ubers, us included. And I called one pretty quickly. Like literally yeah, like as, as we were getting out ended. to the concourse, yeah. I went ahead and called it because I knew it would take it a minute. Right. So we, we go to this tent. Well, it says like, you know, if you're an Uber, go this way. So we yeah. just thought, okay, we're going to be waiting on some sidewalk. They had this tent with like air conditioning and seats and like screens showing people like, you know, this is how to call an Uber and all this kind of stuff. And it was just a chill place to wait out. I mean, there were a bunch of people, but like, it was so nice that they had like a little designated yeah, area. It was much for better Ubers. than just being out on the sidewalk. Exactly. Like. And then they had a bunch of lanes and you basically, in order to leave the tent, uh, you had to show the guy like, Hey, I have confirmation that yeah. they're in this lane. You'd be like, cool. That's down at the end. And then we, we got in our Uber. Yeah. It was a much smoother experience getting out of there than it could have been yes, otherwise. Yeah. So it, it only took like 20 minutes, 20, maybe 30 tops, which like, isn't bad. No, if you'd parked there yourself, it would have taken half I an mean, hour. With thousands so. of people leaving, it could have taken <laughs> an hour or more. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so yeah, it was an absolute blast. It was, it was trip. probably the most fun vacation I've ever had. Uh, it was really fun and good time. Like it was a comfortable amount of time. 
for as much stuff we did. Yeah. It was like three days. We packed a lot into it. And yeah. It was a whirlwind. It's like you come home. It's like, okay, that was a good. I don't feel like I was dragging my feet. And we were just doing stuff the whole time. And yeah. Yeah. It was a very reasonable. And we, we talked about we might do it again. We might go somewhere else. This might be a thing going forward. Yeah, so. it was so fun. And, I mean, we didn't even talk about how we went to the world's largest Starbucks, apparently. That's true. And <laughs> talked to our friend from Abu Dhabi. Who thought we were from Italy. <laughs> and Brent thought he was telling us how cool it was to go to Hawaii when really he said <laughs> Dubai. Dubai. And Brent, our, we love Brent. Yeah. Brent was like, yeah, man, it's on my bucket list. And then when that dude finally left, I was like, bro, you've never thought about going to Dubai, <laughs> Dubai? a day in your life. He said Dubai. You're thinking Hawaii. Yeah. That was funny. It was funny. That was pretty funny. Yeah, Chicago rules. Chicago does rule. Don't let the hyperbolic conservatives tell you differently. <laughs> There's parts you don't want to go to at oh, night. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that was a thing. Yeah. So you know. Also, everyone I talked to before we went was just like, "Stay safe." That's what everybody said to me too. And I'm like, I knew exactly what Jonathan told us. It was like, as long as you don't go in the bad parts, you're fine. Yeah. He was like, towns like Louisville and Lexington and those places. They all have just as bad of areas. Yeah. You just don't go there. He described it like there are parts of Lexington, which is close to us, yeah. as, you know, he felt just as not safe in parts of Lexington as he right. would in certain parts of Chicago. Yeah, you just so, got to be careful. But Go to the populated areas. Yeah. Uh, also, shout out to just West Loop in general. Yes. I love, West Loop. Love that stretch. Awesome, awesome little place. Uh, great restaurants. Jenny's great ice cream was great. That little, Jenny's taco, was awesome. that little taco place we have was good. Uh, yeah. Come another beer. Absolutely. Thank you. It's going to be a long one because now we got to talk about Elden Ring. Yep, we do. So let's lead in. Let's start with the little bit that you d- we discussed earlier. All right. Brief, non-spoiler final thoughts, which I've sort of given mine already. Sure. I might recap a couple points, but for you, yeah. what is your overarching thoughts? Uh, I really like it. Sure. I don't know that I love it, Okay. but that's okay. Um, it, here's, okay, so I, I've, I've been, the shortest way to say how I feel about it is to rank all the FromSoft games I've played. So, I have not played... I've played Bloodborne and everything that has come out since. Okay. So, I've not played Dark Souls 1 or 2. I will probably play them in between now and the next FromSoft game. Fair. Um, just a matter of time. I don't want to play... Those games, I feel like you need to play a few games in between, and then you can come back to them, but that's just me. So, uh, I would say going from top to bottom, Bloodborne is at the top. Sekiro is pretty close below it. Uh, then there's a little gap... There's Elden Ring there. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit bigger gap, and there's Dark Souls 3. Although I think I would like Dark Souls 3 more now than I did when I first played it. Sure. That was the first non-Bloodborne FromSoft game I played, so I think I expected it to be Bloodborne a little more than it was. Now that I know what it is, I probably like it more. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Bloodborne, Sekiro, Little Gap, Elden Ring, Gap, uh, Dark Souls 3, Big Gap, Demon Souls. Oh, um, yeah. I, so, I forgot about Demon so Souls. So that's, that's how I would rank my FromSoft games. I think it's really good. Uh, I think the second half of the game is way stronger than the first half, at least for what I like in these kinds of games. Um, but we'll, we'll get into more into that when the spoiler stuff. Sure. Uh, but yeah, it's. I think I got. We talked about this a few times. I think I got incredibly unlucky with the path I took, and the the amount of duplicate bosses I saw early on. Yeah, the way it was just, you described it to me, I was like, wow, he's finding a lot of stuff. I, that I must I have didn't just do. I must have just zigzagged in the right way, um, which I'm you know less upset by now. Uh, I don't think I will. I will say this. I was I was thinking about this in the shower today. I don't think there's anything bad about this game. I want sure. that to be clear. The only real criticisms I have are just choices in stylistic choices about what this game is. Yeah. Right. Um, I wish it were a little more condensed. I wish it were a little less repetitive when it came to boss fights in general. Like I think I understand you have to fill out that world with 
boss fights and mm-hmm. sometimes you're going to reuse those. I wish they had just made the bo- made the map small enough where they never had to reuse a fight. That would be my th- like even if it's you know a 40 hour game instead of a 70 hour game that's what I would personally prefer. I'm not saying it would be a better game. I'm just saying for my yeah. preferences with these games that's that's one of my only critiques. The only thing I think is actually bad about this game is something that is bad about all FromSoft games which is the camera. Mm. The the FromSoft camera really annoys me uh, when you're fighting things of large scale. Sure. It tends to not know what the fuck to do. <laughs> and this game maybe more maybe it's just from volume amount of bosses whatever uh, has more big fights like where you're fighting something huge than any other FromSoft game I've played. So that became more an annoyance the more I played. Minor thing, I don't know how you fix that. Uh, I kept having more again in this game than any other. I don't know if that's by volume or just by chance, but there's a weird glitch, I guess, thing with the FromSoft camera. So you can lock on in mm-hmm. these games, right? I'm assuming if you made it this far, you know this. But uh, you can lock on in, in Elden Ring, and you can in most FromSoft games. And sometimes when you go to lock on, but, like, the boss is obstructed, like, halfway. So, like, it's behind a pillar. You can I can see the boss. So I go to lock on, but I guess in some way it's obstructed. I kept getting... I got this glitch maybe... A thousand times over my playthrough of you hit the lock on button and you look behind you sure i don't know why that happens and it, it's not like if you press the lock on button in the world it looks behind you it's not like what that button's secondary purpose is just for some reason in boss fights that happens again it's a minor gripe but it just got annoying yeah um but there is so much to love about this game i don't want to sound like i'm critiquing it too much the uh weapon variety is fantastic it's the most i've ever explored like weapon variety i don't do like spell casting stuff at all but uh, if I ever go back to the game, I think I'll have to. Yeah, I would try because it's the best suited because of you write the diversity. Yes, um, the the worlds are are pretty cool, or like the the map subsections. Yeah. I should we'll, say are pretty we'll cool. We'll talk about some of that stuff. Okay, well, I, I'll, I'll stay more broad then. Uh, yeah, just I really liked it a lot. Um, there are some problems I have with it, but again, most of those are stylistic. So, Fair. if you had to score it, what would you give it? Because I think at the time I said because of its achievements in a lot of ways, I was compelled to give it a ten. Mm. I might could back off on that slightly. Yeah, I'm certainly not going lower than a nine five, but it's somewhere in that range for me. And I think as I've sat with it, maybe it's just because I'm so nostalgic now for Sekiro and I love Sekiro so Dude, much. Sekiro's so good. <laughs> that Sekiro and it are like sort of battling it out. I, I get that. But I think it might do a couple of things in such a spectacular way that I give it the slight edge, which is how I have it in my rankings. So I don't want to discredit my early experience with the game. Sure. Which was not as enjoyable. No, I mean, it's very subjective. Um, Honestly, I could see this being by far the most divisive uh, FromSoft game. Yeah. Well, Dark, <laughs> Dark Souls 2, apparently. but No, that's just bad. <laughs> Some people say that's their favorite, dude. Some people love. We'll Dark see Souls what too. happens when you get there. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I I would give it I, the initial when you asked me the question. Yeah. Because I had I have not thought about this yeah. about score. And it's definitely a gut thing. Was eight and a half. Okay. Um, and that's less. That is more personal score than like if I were scoring it for IGN. If I were scoring it for IGN, it's at least a nine. Like sure. quality wise, it's incredibly made. Uh, it's just the things I come to these games for wasn't as apparent in the first half as it is in the second half. So. Yeah. You kind of have to get through that. Fair but, enough. I mean, I really liked it a lot. So, now that you know both of our broad yeah. opinions on the game, yeah, let's get more specific. Okay, so this is cool. I like that you have like an outline. If you've not touched this game at this point, first off, why? If you really want to, but 
I would advise because there's especially for my the reasons that I love this game is there were things that I didn't know about the game going in mm. that made the game so much cooler to experience. Gotcha. So if you know nothing, we're going to talk a lot about the nitty gritty. Yeah, this is the spoiler section now. So, so if, if you don't know anything, you know our thoughts. Be ha- warned. Have a good one. The first thing I want to say. Yep. Since we're spoiling things now, maybe the the reason why I love the game so much and am compelled to give it a ten mm-hmm. is because I had no idea how big the map was when I started playing mm. the game. Yeah. I was blown away as I got through the game every time a new area would just come into the fold. Um, when you first start the game, there are some games where you look at the map mm-hmm. and you can see where you are, but you can see how big the map is and it's like cloudy or whatever. Right. It doesn't yeah. show. This game, it only shows you, if you've just started the game, Limgrave, which is the region that you're in. Right. If you start to explore, it'll like, oh, it's gotten a little longer this way. I've discovered the Weeping Peninsula, which is another little region. I've gone to Shut the up. west and discovered, or the east, and discovered Kaled, which right. is another oh, God. region. Uh, and I kind of figured we could start with the broad region talk first. All right. Um, but then I had a more, I think, uh, revelatory experience the first time that I got to Liernia than you did. Which one? Lyria being the one right behind Stormvale, where like, mm. uh, where like you fight Renala, yeah, and it's yeah. sort of like a bog. Yeah. Um, because there's the shortcut around Stormvale, which that's another thing too is how accessible so much of the game is early on if you know what you're doing, yeah. or if you don't and you just discover these things. Yeah. It's so cool because you're just like, oh shit, I just discovered a whole nother area of the map equal to the size that is already explorable. Right. That is just there now. If I want to go, I can. Like, yeah. that was so cool to me upon first playthrough. Uh, I had a buddy of mine accidentally go into the capital city the backwards way. The backwards way? I don't even know what that is, but that's what he told me. And I'd have to read into that. Yeah, I don't know what... I guess that's he went... Through the sewers, maybe? Oh, no, wait. There is... Okay. They might have... There is a very... There's a sort of glitchy way, but it's not really glitchy. Yeah. It's just sort of taking advantage of certain things. That gotcha. About, but there is a way. But he said he did it accidentally, so I don't know. It's wild. Fair play. There yeah. is a way that it's the kind of... They make it inaccessible unless you do something very glitchy. Gotcha. It doesn't gotcha, really matter. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, like getting to the capital is like... Capital's cool. Capital's really cool. And it, again, I thought the capital was the end of the game. Yeah. The Erd Tree is such the focal point of the map, and the capital surrounds the Erd Tree that I was like, oh, this has to be where the game ends. Mm. Then you beat the boss there, and they're like, oh no, here's this whole other region that's like equal to like two thirds of the map that you've discovered so far. Yeah. Um, and how much of all that stuff is optional, which yeah. is another thing that I love. It's like, you that is cool. You don't have to explore Mount Gelmir, you don't have to explore the underground rivers, you don't have to explore. I mean, so you've got to. Melania, which yep. we'll discuss Melania. Yeah, we that will. means you got to the uh, consecrated snowfield, right. which is a whole other area. I didn't area. even know it was there until like, somebody guided me there. Yeah, These areas that are huge and completely optional is so cool and one of my favorite things about FromSoft it's games. Co- it's cool. Yeah, it's really cool. So among the areas, you, you seem to have a distaste for Kaylin. <laughs> I just don't like... FromSoft does this in every game where they have an area where if you touch the thing, it makes you lose health. And I just, yeah. I don't like it. It's not fun. There wasn't like an anecdote or not anecdote, antidote yeah. that I could, uh, that I could pick up. Like I there just, is one. Oh, is there? Yes. Oh, I got, is it Scarlet Rot? It's just different than poison in this game. Right. It's kind of like a more aggressive poison. Yeah. It's blood there poison. Is, there is an antidote for it, but it is kind of hard to find. Okay. I didn't craft anything either. I didn't. Either. Um, 
So I, I, anyway, it was just like, it's still, it annoying. was annoying. Yeah. And then like, I think I got to Kaled sort of early on and then ended up having to go back to it. Cause I felt very under level when I, I was first Kaled there. Stupid early and yeah. turned right the fuck around. Dude, it's terrifying. Cause it's all red and like bloody and yeah. gross and just grotesque. They have those giant birds. Mm-hmm. that just like peck at you. Those are kind of crazy. Um, yeah. Kaled's a cool area. It's just, uh, it's a lot. It's overwhelming. I think it was cool for me because it was the first moment that I was, when I sort of referenced the, oh, all of a sudden the enemies are too powerful. I'm not mm. ready for this yet. Um, yeah. But the fact that I could go there if I wanted to was just so cool. Right. It also houses maybe the most unique boss in the history of FromSoft, which is Star Scourge Radon, which we'll circle oh, yeah, back because yeah, yeah, I yeah. have a whole Sorry, boss discussion. In Kaelin, yeah. But in terms of being a you know pro of the area, Having Radon there was so cool. We'll that circle fights, back. That fight's awesome. That yeah. was incredible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Liernia is super cool. Discovering it and getting that whole, the view of Liernia yeah. is super cool. Uh, I think that my favorite area of the game is probably the capital and the surroundings. Yeah, I really, like, I really like the capital um, a lot. Especially because from there, outside the capital, there are a couple of little interesting spots. There's the village with the dancing ladies. Yeah, the midsummer uh, uh, part of the map. There's the Shaded Castle, which is another little sort of mini dungeon. I don't know if I did that. What's funny is we're going to go through these bosses, and you might not have experienced some of them. Yeah. I think I've seen all the bosses, whether I fought them or not. Right. I don't know. Yeah. But. Yeah, I mean, you've been done with the game for longer yeah. than I have, And I too. do a lot. I, like, watch videos of boss rankings just because I love all this shit. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. The map was the X factor that made me love the game as much as I do. Interesting. I think, again, it's all stylistic stuff. I think I've just, I don't have the same want for exploring an open world that I used to. Mm. So I think the map size at some point was more daunting than it was fun. I I totally get how it's like, oh my God, there's so much to do. That's awesome. And like, I think that is the rational reaction. But for some reason, I was just like, whew, there's a lot of this game. (laughs) And once you sort of... The maps are easy to find, like the maps that unlock the maps yeah, yeah, yeah. when you look. They're marked on the map, um, even if you don't have the map. Yeah, just a little like tombstone you <laughs> yeah, just go to. Um, and once I fully unlocked the map, Obelisks. I looked over and I was like, what is this weird looking thing on the map in the middle of the ocean? That's like, it looks like a vortex with like a oh, building. I was the, like, the Fallen City? I was is that like, what, it was? what is this? Or whatever it's called. And it's, the name has escaped me. Crumbling Faramazula. Yeah, that's right. Crumbling, uh, that's right. And I had seen people make reference to Faramazula as a location. Yeah. I just didn't connect the dots that that's what that place was. And then I'm like, I don't know if I want to get to go there. Maybe that's like DLC or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden you're there. Yeah. And I was just like. That sequence is awesome. Uh, I never unlocked the top middle of the map. I think that's the consecrated snowfield, I think. Oh, is it? I oh, think. maybe I did later. I, I, I must have gone there then after. I didn't unlock it before I yeah. finished. And it, that includes... But- Mikola's Hallig Tree, like where you find right, right, right. Mania, like all that. Yeah, jazz. yeah. I guess I just didn't get the map. Or maybe I have it now. I just didn't look after it. Yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. So, let's move on because I want to do what I did for, I don't remember which game we did it for, but the segment of basically Boss Rush. Uh, oh, yeah. It was for uh, Returnal, I think. Returnal, yes. Which soundtrack is right back there. I just got today. So, I'm going to go through, and this is a list of... Well, first of all, there's like 150 bosses in this game. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Technically. Yeah, If yeah. you count everyone with a boss health bar. All the dungeon bosses. But this list, uh, courtesy of Eurogamer. Shout out. Specifically Matthew Reynolds. What up, Matt? Uh, has given us a pretty good list of condensed to just the most significant bosses in the game. Sure. 
the first little list is like the main like golden pathway bosses okay. and then other bosses that are deemed significant in some other way all right so we'll just go through these quickly do you want to are, are we scoring them what do you how do you want to just do quick it? like impressions all right cool. like it love it whatever yeah yeah uh, first off, it says the summary of the main bosses in order, and the first two is just one great rune carrier and a second great rune carrier because that's how you have to get in they're optional to the what, capital which city. Which ones you do, right? But first off, if you go to Stormvale, the first big legacy dungeon, you first encounter Margaret the Fell Omen, which I think is a people encounter Margaret first c- compared to what? Like, isn't uh, Renala one of them? Technically, you can get to like by distance from the start of the game. Margit, not Morgot. Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> I was like, I feel like Morgot was way later. Yeah. That's my So, Margit, who is Morgot, but we'll circle back to that. <laughs> Wait, really? You didn't know this? I don't know if I did. Yeah, Margit the Fell Omen, who you fight that's stopping you from getting into Stormvale, yeah. is Morgot. Oh. And, like, Morgot's... Did Morgoth, they say that? Kinda. Okay. Maybe um, I yeah maybe I'm just blanking. And there's a lot of lore that we could discuss. But Those were also like 60 hours and like three months apart yes. from when I played it. So yes, because I had COVID and all that, and so yeah, because when while. you encounter Morgot in the capital, he's walking down with his big staff, the same one he fights you with at the beginning. Uh, okay, but that's when he does the big like breaks it open and it's a big like RGB gamer sword. Yeah, blade. That's the sword uh, I use for most of the game. Yeah. So, Margit, the first version that you fight. Right. Uh, I'm on board I now. think is a really good skill check. Mm-hmm. It's one of those that's, for the in time most people are going to encounter him first, a huge health bar. So, you're going to have to just learn the moves. Yeah. Figure it out. That's um, what I had to do. So, it's a very solid early game skill check is the way I would describe it. Uh Something that's interesting, and I think this boss, to, to FromSoft's credit, I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm critiquing him too much because I really like the game. Um, this this is a positive, though. Uh, they do something really smart in this fight, which is introducing you to something that I think, if I had a major takeaway from the boss fights of this game, mm-hmm. it's hesitation. Mm-hmm. In this game, yeah, maybe more than timings. any other that I remember, it's rearing back for an attack, or rearing back, what's the word? And, and then, like, waiting a second and then attacking, as opposed yeah. to just an immediate, you know, same timing every time thing. Um, and I remember specifically with this fight, there were a lot of those hesitation attacks. And uh, that that is a thing that carries through throughout the rest of the game. So it's a really good introduction in that regard, too. That's a good point. One of the biggest tips I've ever heard for FromSoft Combat is don't dodge the wind-up, dodge the swing. Right. So yeah. uh, if you make it past Margit, go through Stormvale, you're greeted by Godric the Grafted. Right. Godric is awesome. That, this, this fight's really cool. It's a really solid... It's sort of a big enemy... But it is a humanoid enemy, like an axe wielder. It's humanoid enough, uh, for my regard. And then has one of the metalist, you know, transitions to a second phase of a boss of all time. Do you want to explain it? So once you've sort of gotten Godric, I think it's down to like a third health or close to that. Sure. Um, He takes his axe, proceeds to lop off one of his primary arms screaming his primary arms because he has he's the grafted a bunch of arms onto his yeah, back yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he cuts it's off one of his normal crazy. arms screaming like he's in like shrieking pain obviously the whole time yeah uh, lops it off and then there's a dead dragon's head in the boss arena that he proceeds to puppeteer with his arm stump yeah and then it wakes up and starts breathing fire and he says forefathers one and all Bear witness as he sticks this dragon head up into the air and shoots fire. 
it's just awesome. It's really cool. I love it's this so, kind of stuff. It's so nerdy, but it's great. Uh, so proceeds to add like a lot of ranged fire attacks to which his arsenal suck. at that point, which do suck to dodge, um, especially if you're trying to stay in close. I played that phase very safe mm-hmm. to beat him and was like retreating and then going back. Yeah, he was he was a very in out boss for uh, sure. Godric to me is a great cinematic, not too difficult to learn, mm-hmm. but packed a lot of firepower. Nah. No pun intended. Uh, but a really, really solid, yeah. you know, first big boss. It's really good. Uh, when you get to the second legacy dungeon, which is the Academy of Raya Lucaria. Right, okay. Uh, in the middle of Liernia. Yep. There's so many words. There, there are. It's That's what I have trouble tracking is like <laughs> the proper nouns in this fucking game are insane. There's so many. And people are like, oh yeah, were you in this area? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm in the swampy area. Tell me if I'm there. The sort of mid-dungeon boss in the academy is the red wolf of Radagon. If you recall. Oh yeah. This big wolf with like I a sword. Word, like in my first try. I hated this boss for like the oh, first really? few times. I'll look him up. Because he has a small health bar, but he's so fast and does a ton of damage mm. that like, if you're not equipped to handle that, he will just murk you. Like, and I oh, did yeah, not yeah, like Yeah. I remember this fight. Um, but the time when I was like, okay, cute sword doggo. Once I think I was maybe, and for those who know this game, I was using a semi-broken build unintentionally. Okay. Uh, the bleed build with the, uh, oh, I forget the sword, but it's like a jagged blood sword. Okay. Um, but I could hit him with the special move like four times and he was mm. dead. Uh, so it was sort of just a quick, just like, oh, you're annoying. I find this boss pesky more than anything. Interesting. I don't remember it that well. I guess I got lucky with uh, yeah. getting through it, but it was fine. And then that leads know. to Renala. Queen of the Full Moon. Cool fight. Very cool fight. I like this fight. And deceptive because it starts off as though it's one of your classic FromSoft ganky, like kill the NPC or kill the minions to get to the main boss. Right. But that's just the first phase. Yeah. And then it transport you to this big, it's like. uh, Like Rom the Vacuous Spider. Exactly, like Rom. There's a lot of arenas in this that are like Rom the Vacuous Spider. And then Renala is a magic heavy boss, which is kind of unique for how much magic she uses yeah and it's a really cool but she's one that if you rush her and never let her back off you can kill her pretty fast oh really interesting um, you just never have to give her space huh i struggled a little bit with this one uh she's not easy well the this was the first time i had really encountered summons sure and uh which i guess is a good thing because i ended up using them a lot yeah but yeah the fact that i'm like she can summon a dragon yeah. what the fuck um so that was really cool it, it did i will say the first phase because I don't know, this probably took me like 15 tries, 20 mm. tries maybe. The first phase began to be annoying. It is. Because it was like, all right, we, this know, part's easy. we know the gimmick. Let me just get through this yeah. really quick. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a cool fight. I like the, the cinematic nature of the second yeah. part of it. And I like her as a character. Yeah. Next part, if you go to the next legacy dungeon that you could get to, is Mount Gelmir. That's the volcano? So that's the volcano. Yeah, okay. So the See, mi- I don't know proper nouns, <laughs> but I know, I know what they are. And you get to Volcano Manor. Yes. You get to the mid-level... Love Volcano Manor. ...of Volcano Manor. Volcano Manor as a setting That area is, so is really cool. cool. Especially if you don't know what you're getting into. Yeah, I had no idea. You're like... Because for me, it was like, there's this mountain. I'm going to go and explore it. Yeah. Did not expect, at the very center, to be a, like, gothic mansion <laughs> enveloped in lava. Like, it was so cool. Did you join the volcano yes. people? I did, too. Uh, I was so hyped. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Why not? Let's go. Uh, the mid-level boss there is the Godskin Noble. Oh, God. So the fat 
of the Godskin pair. Here we'll we fucking we'll talk go. about them. Oh, fuck me. Uh, but I hated the Godskin Noble to the point that I found a glitch and beat him that way. You cheesed it? Yep. Oh, wow. Oh, I did it straight up, but it was it was hard. Uh, I, I could have just thrown myself no, at sure. it long enough, but I was yeah. like, there was a glitch where if you got just close enough to the fog door to interact with it. Oh, I've seen this in the speed run. But you didn't go any closer and you just walked in. Yeah, he like never spawns. He just never moves. Right, he's just sitting there. So you can just go way well on him. So I did that. Uh, and then the main boss of Volcano <laughs> I did, I did it legit and it was annoying. <laughs> is Rikard, Lord of Blasphemy. Now this is the giant snake, snake right? Yep. It goes from the god-devouring serpent in the first phase to Rikard in the second phase. Right. So cool. This is my... I've, I've talked ad nauseum now about my distaste for Yorm yeah. uh, the Stormbreaker which is the, the fight that you need a special weapon to beat him this is a fight where you need a special weapon that is cool because it's, it's well. still hard <laughs> like it's not like it's just with Yorm it was like oh it's like three hits and you win this is like no it's still a challenge they're just giving you a specific weapon you have to fight him with Yeah. Uh, and yeah that fight was really fucking cool I still don't know I feel like there are some of these bosses that not that you get lucky but that you kind of I guess it is kind of a luck thing where he, there's that one attack that he does that it like starts raining the skulls. I don't know how I survived it. No. I have no idea. Like if you asked me, hey, how'd you do that section? No idea. No. I just kind of rolled and hoped, yep. I think is what happened yep. there. Um, so yeah, that's one of those that I would be kind of scared to do again. One of the aspects of the weapon is that if you use the charged attack of the weapon, it automatically stuns him. Yes. So you can avoid that move if you stun him in the proper During like, cadence. During the summon, yeah. Um, which is, I think, how I eventually beat him. Um, but I just think his voice is funny. And now we get to the gods. <laughs> oh, yeah, what does he say together. when you when you die? Ugh, I don't remember. It, what did you just say the last part? If he beats you, yeah, he's yeah. like, and now we can devour the gods together. Uh, together is like the that. thing. Together. together. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> together. Rikard is one of the best yeah, fight was cool. cinematic fights in the whole game. I will say, I think this is maybe their best outing as far as cinematic fights go sure. between that and the fight we'll get to later I think the one that's next oh well there you go uh, because the only other shard bearer you can get before you enter the capital city is Star Scourge Radon okay so I've done all, all of these who is the closest thing to a raid boss that FromSoft has ever done it's so cool dude it this is fight, so cool I was hyped the entire time I did this fight because I remember getting to the southeastern corner of Kaled, which is where his castle is it's called Red Main Castle yeah. And you can teleport right to the end of it. It is sort of a little dungeon that you can go through, but there's a little one of those teleportation things. Yeah, warp gate takes you things. all the way to the end, and where there's just this little like party going on. Yeah, that was so weird. And I was just like, all these NPCs are just hanging out, and you walk up to this guy who tells you the story of <laughs> yeah. Star Scourge Radon. He's like a bard. That is so cool. Yeah, Star Scourge Radon. Uh, master of gravity magic to the point that he has prevented falling stars from like hitting the land of Limgrave or the, the lands between, which is like the whole yeah. map. Um, he's so good at gravity magic, but he also uses it because he's a giant to ride his old, like decrepit yeah, the horse, horse. He had as a kid without hurting him. Yeah. <laughs> which is very cartoonish when you're fighting. Cause he's like, this big dude with two giant swords riding on a tiny little horse. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, 
and he's overtaken by the Scarlet Rot, which is what has overtaken all of Caled. Yeah. Which I'll circle back to when we get to Melania, because I don't know if you know the lore behind that. No, I don't know the lore behind anything. So I'll touch on that. <laughs> That's one of the only really cool pieces of okay. lore. Um, so he's like just gone crazy. Yeah, and he just eats people, man. Like he just wants to eat all the people. That first cutscene of just him, just, yeah. just eating somebody. Uh, so the goal of this festival, this party, is like we are we revere Radon before he went crazy. So our goal is to like put him out of his misery. Yeah, like that's the whole point of the fight. So you can go out on this giant battlefield, biggest, biggest boss arena, probably. Ever, yeah, for them ever. And then right? in FromSoft. And you can summon all the little NPCs that you've met Which is to awesome. help you fight them. It's so fun. It's so cool. You get to summon the jar guy. Yeah, uh, Alexander Warrior Jar. That's right. I love I love the jar guy. Uh, and you also summon one of the helpers of uh, uh, Ronnie. Yes, Ronnie. Yeah. You heard, uh, what's his name? He's the the wolf head. The wolf guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Blythe, I think is his name. Okay. <laughs> I don't remember his name. It's Maria Wolfhead. Uh, yeah, that fight is, like I said, I was hyped the entire time. It took me a little bit longer than I expected, honestly, with the amount of damage I was doing. You seem to have an easier time with Radon than I did. Really? I think I did I it late. Yeah. I, th- I think I did it pretty late. He was, he was the last one of these four that I yeah. did. I circled back to him. Um, but, God, it was so fun. So cool. Uh, did you see the tweet recently of, like, some guy was like, I've fought this boss 150 times. And I've never seen this attack. Oh, the it meteor? It was like the whirling. No, oh. He was doing like a whirling, spinning purple swords thing. I was like, I didn't see that attack at all. It was cool. Uh, or if I did, I don't remember it. But yeah, the moment. So the thing in this fight we should talk about is that about halfway through, dude just team rockets up to space and then comes back down as a meteor. It's so cool. And you're like. Where'd he go? Just look up a YouTube compilation of people reacting to this. Oh for the my first god! Because it is shocking if you've never seen it before. I'm just like, where the fuck did he go? Uh, but once oh he comes back god. down, oh my god! And then he just, I rolled and got <laughs> lucky. But yeah, uh, but then he's the last potential shard bear. Sure. Uh, but like, in terms of the mechanics of the fight, it's not one of my favorite favorites. No, but it's, it's just so such a cool idea. Yeah. That I can't help but love it. I I kind of love the. Summoning other people thing. That I was do really, like that. That part. was really that fun. That is really cool. Uh, now, because at this point you could enter the capital city. Okay. But standing in your way is the draconic tree sentinel. We got to talk about it. This dude's a bitch. We got to talk about it. This fight fucking sucks. I kind of I don't hate the fight. Depending on when you get him, if you get him when you can get one shotted, like it's awful. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. You can get one shotted in the second phase, which sucks. Uh, also, I maybe my least favorite arena. Possibly. Yeah, because it's just in it's the a, middle of some trees. It's a rough little spot. Um, and there's like the hill there, and you can get yeah. stuck on it. The whole thing. Uh, first of all, yeah, one of my least favorite fights in the game, but also partially because I'd fought this fucking character like four there's times, a lot of going up to him. Yeah. So you know, the first time you see the tree sentinel, I guess you're not supposed to fight him. Uh, or very, you are, and you're supposed to get like Molly Wap. Yeah, and that and then, good word. Shout out to Cuphead. Um. But then you realize, like, okay, I'm not ready for him yet. Of course, me being stubborn, I tried him, like, 20 times and then died. And I was like, all right, I'll come back. I came back, killed him. Then there's another one somewhere. Then there's another one on the way to this one Yeah. in the same area. And so I'm like, I fought this guy four times. There's the pair of them. Oh, that's up. right. I, I avoided that fight, I yeah, think. Which you can. Um, which is maybe a little bit of redeeming that you can go past some of these without sure. fighting them. But. but I'm just like, God, I'm so tired of this fucking tree sentinel character. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that one's that one's rough. It's it's yeah. it's a very hard fight because he has a lightning attack that is still. I'm not exactly sure how you dodge it. 
it seemed kind of random. It's a very, you have to roll in a very tight window. Well, I was on my horse, so I was like, yeah. You either have to. I, I kept timing it by jumping in the very specific time, but it sort of worked, sort of didn't. Um, so yeah, it was. It's that's yeah. probably my least favorite fight. Yeah. Uh, not my least favorite fight in the entire no. game, but one of my least favorites. Uh, I like the lore because it's like the Golden Order, which is sort of the rulers of this capital city. The Tree Sentinels are like the sort of generals of the Golden Order. So that's sure. why there's a lot they're of protecting them. The, yeah, like, yeah. I get why they're there. Sure. But obviously, mechanically, it's annoying. Yeah. But yeah, it's a whatever fight for me. Once you get into the capital, the sort of mid-level boss is the Shadow of Godfrey, which we can maybe right. just save for talking about Godfrey proper, if you uh, like. If, to me, Shadow Godfrey almost felt different than Godfrey. It's I know a little it's, different. It's probably like a reduced version of his moveset. Uh, Shadow Godfrey was not hard. No, not that, really. That fight's pretty easy. Um, but yeah, yeah, we'll talk about Godfrey yeah. later. It's uh, like a reduced version. The final battle of Landell, as it first exists, is Morgoth, the Omen King. I love this fight. I love Morgoth is awesome. Uh, I love the sword. It was my favorite weapon for a long time yeah. until I switched it toward the very end of the game. Um, the the bleed it does, the the weapon art that it does. Uh, which he uses too. It's I'm describing the fight and the weapon, but uh, yeah, just the way he moves is really cool. I I love my favorite thing in these games is when an enemy is humanoid esque, and that doesn't mean a lot. Yeah. But I don't like fighting like dragons. I hate sure. fighting dragons. I don't want to fight a dragon. I just have to. Yeah, I don't love the dragons. I, I just have to hack at its leg and hope that it doesn't land on me. Whatever. Um, this fight is another one of those humanoid esque fights. Yeah. Where he's at least small enough that you can keep him in camera the whole time. Uh, and just, yeah, the way the sword moves, the way he moves, I just, I really like this fight a lot. Yeah. And I love the, again, so the lore of him. Okay. And he's the Omen King because, you know, the horns on his head? Yeah. He's really messed up in the head. Yeah. Omens in this game are just these, like, sort of, it's almost like a birth defect. Okay. So if you're an Omen, you've got these horns growing out of your head and they're like, Godfrey is his father, I think, is the way it is. Okay. So he's sort of, like, in line to be, like, leader of the Golden Order or whatever. Yeah. But because he's an omen, omen is, like, a shameful thing. Gotcha. So, so he's they, like a bastard. Yeah. So they bury him deep below. Like, you ever went into, like, the catacombs of Landell? Uh-huh. Him and his brother, Moog. <laughs> if you ever, did you encounter every, Moog? No. Oh, God. Then you missed one of the most insane fights in the game. Really? Yeah. So oh, I'll, we'll, we'll talk about him. Okay. Um, but Morgoth and his brother, Moog. Moog. Were like both omens. Yeah. Moog, because he was like sort of shamed by his family and the order, like rebels against them. Morgoth is still loyal. Right. And like he's like, I know I'm like sort of, you know, not worthy to be the protector of this order, but I'm going to do it anyway. Right. And once everybody else dies in the order and you're sort of coming at it, he's like, I'm still here. Yeah. So he's sort of like, in spite of being sort of the black sheep. He's still protecting the Erd Tree, which I think is That's really cool. cool. Yeah, um, and his move set is so diverse. It he is does all kinds of crazy shit, of attacks. AOE stuff, good delayed swings, like all that kind of stuff. It's just a really quintessentially good from software. Yeah, it's a good. It's a good fight. Uh, once you progress past Landale, you can get to the mountaintops of the giants. Yep, uh, where you fight the fire giant. <sighs> this fight's whatever. It was I, fine. It's yeah. kind of annoying. It's one of those that I don't like the fights where I can be on my horse as much as you could be during this fight. <laughs> yeah, I was on my horse the whole time. I was on my horse a lot. Yeah. Uh, and that it just is not mechanically as interesting. Yeah. You just ride around in circles the, it's and the, swiping. It's the giant fights. I don't care. I don't care as much. Yeah. Once you get past the mountaintops, 
you get transported to the crumbling Faramazula. Yep. The mid-level boss of which is the Godskin duo. Fuck me. Yeah. Which uh, is far and away the worst fight in the game. <laughs> yeah. It's such. It's just bullshit. It's yeah. a bullshit fight. So, well, first of all, you can encounter the other part. So there's the Godskin yeah. noble and yeah. the Godskin apostle. Is yeah. that right? Um. So the Godskin apostle you can encounter a couple of different places. Uh-huh. Uh. I think I had fought him twice. <laughs> Before the gods can do it. So I, yeah, that's right. Because you can fight him in the midsummer area. Yeah. And then you can also fight him at the bottom of this tower I found way too early that is like totally optional that you like platform down a bunch mm. of platforms and stuff. Uh, but then once I got high enough level, I went back and like to the point where I had memorized every attack he did. Like yeah. I, I knew him like the back of my hand. Um, but then you fight both of them. And not only do you fight both of them, they fucking respawn. Yeah, that's the... It's ridiculous. And so this is when I first found out about something that I would come to love, which was the Mimic tier. Yep. Um, oh, which, the Mimic tier. Which is, a, which is a boss I'd already fought, but just didn't mess with the Ash. Yeah. Uh, so that fight is actually really cool, too. When you fight the Mimic tier, it's just a version of you. So it's like a shadow fight in like a Zelda game. Yeah. Like when you fight uh, Link in, I think it's Ocarina, uh, when you fight yourself. So it's that kind of thing. Uh, but then you can find the summon that basically summons a second one of you, obviously controlled by the AI. So that can lead to some weird results. But, you know, it's a second version of you. And depending on how leveled it is and how much health it has. So I found that. And then eventually I was struggling so much with this fight still that I found that you could summon. What's his name? I don't remember the exact NPC, but there's an NPC you can summon right outside the boss door. Right, which is like a, well, one of the boss doors. That is the more hidden boss door. Oh. The regular boss door, he's not there. Oh, I you have didn't to, know that. So you went the back way. Yeah. So I didn't know that he was there until I started, like, doing some light asking. I'm like, is there anything I'm missing here? And somebody was like, there's another way in and you might find something there. I was like, okay. So I found that way in. Interesting. And that's where you can summon him. Because to get your way in, you have to, like, drop down a staircase and, like, drop down a couple platforms. Yeah, that whole little building is very labyrinthian. Yeah, so the other way is just, like, a, I, I don't know if it's the main door, but, you know, it's the, it's the other door. Um, so once you sum, once I summoned him and the Mimic tier. That's exactly how. I, like, wiped the floor with him when yeah, I did that. Yes, so once but, I had three people, it was, it was easy, but, God, it sucked. Yeah, doing it does it suck. It's just one of those that's an unnecessary combination of bosses that are already out there and... A lot of people point to this. The arena does not bode well Dude, it sucks. for trying to divide and conquer. Mm-hmm. There's no good obstacle that you can put between one of them and you so you can focus on the other one. Right. They're just both coming at you at all times unless you have a distracting other character to help you with them. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. The worst designed boss in the game by far. I will say, and again, I think a lot of this is due to volume. The amount of dual fights in boss fights in this game is a little annoying. I don't like fighting two things at once, just in general. Yeah. At the end of the crumbling Faramazula is what started as the beast clergyman, and then second phase transitions into Malekith the Black Blade. Maybe the fight that took me the longest. Yeah. Malekith is an awesome fight. It's, it's hard. It's hard, but aesthetically, lore, mechanically, I think is super, super cool. Oh, the fight's very cool, yeah. It just it took me a long time to beat this fight. Yeah. Uh, mainly because his... His second phase, where he's jumping around and throwing shit yeah, at you, and it's a lot to take in. Like, it's overwhelming. Um, but yeah, it's a really cool fight. The music in that fight's really good, His too. sword, if it hits you, like, with the energy, it, like, drains your health slowly. Mm-hmm, yeah. If you get that sword and use it... Oh. Very I good. Should, I should try that and out. And there's a summon, which I use later in the game, that has a very similar... 
effect mm. that's just as good, if not a little better, than the mimic tier. Oh, I love the uh, mimic Helped tier, me with a boss we'll talk about in a little bit. Okay. Uh, but Malekith, I thought, was super cool. Did you encounter the beast clergyman before you got to that boss fight? No. At the tip of Kaled, there's okay. a little church. Okay. And if you go in there, the beast clergyman is just there, but he's an NPC. Huh. You can just talk to him, and he's like, bring me Deathroot. Apparently, oh, maybe I did talk to him then. Yeah. I remember there being so a So it's the exact guy. same character. Huh, that's funny. I didn't draw, um, again, played it over across yeah. such a long period of and time. And another smidge of lore for you. Malekith is the shadow for um, the girl, uh, like the lady, the girl, the queen, who's like the main thing. Michaela? No. And not Melania either. The one who like rejected the Golden Order. And Radagon is like her other. I'm saying so much lore. Confusing. <laughs> uh, the Queen, Merica. Merica, that's it. Yeah. I knew it was an M name, but everything's so an M name. These like game. wolf men are like sort of the. Not slave might be an aggressive word, but like the <laughs> sort of. Yeah, and they're assigned to do whatever their sort of masters say. Okay. And. <laughs> like a slave. Yeah. <laughs> he is that to Merica. Blythe, the wolf man that helps you fight. Star Scourge Radon is that for Ronnie. Ronnie, right. So there's this like race of wolfmen that are just sort of okay. assigned to these people who are like godlike gotcha. beings. Okay. Uh, which I just think is another interesting thing. Yeah. Uh, once you fight Malekith, you can go back to Lane Dell, which is now covered in ash because you've burned the Erd tree. You can uh, uncover, uh, uncover your friend from back in the, uh, what's the like sort of safe place? The Round Table Hold. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's the nice guy always back there in the corner studying. <laughs> oh, uh, this guy, yeah. Sir Gideon Hoffnir. Dude, the Gideon. The all-knowing. The Gideon fight's awesome. I love that you fight him. Yeah, I love that he's just like, at first he's just standing there. He's just like monologuing at you. And you can just walk right up to him and start wailing I on him. I think I did, yeah. There are some people who do this insta-kill move just while he's talking to you, which I think is funny. <laughs> It took me like several times of this fight. Really interesting. Because his magic is OP if that's, you let it hit you. That's true. He does have, and I know that, I know this now because I got told this after the fact, yeah. but like he does every, he does moves from every boss you fought or something like that. And if you go and tell him about the bosses you fought, those are the like the spells and shit that he uses. Oh, that's cool. He's like asking oh, you, like, yeah, tell that's me more cool. about this person you fought. <laughs> and then he uses their shit. That's, it's a that's really, cool really cool idea. Yeah, I didn't know that. So. Um, yeah, I just he had so little health that I just melted yeah, him. Yeah, you can melt him. His yeah, his health is low, but yeah. it's a cool concept. It is a really cool concept, and it's a it's almost a funny fight. Where yes. it's like ah, it's this guy. It's that guy, yeah. And he's so cocky, and he's and not that hard. I remember watching you play like the beginning of the game uh-huh. and watching the intro cutscene, and it's like the dung eater and like Which, Fia. By like, the way, never came up. I mean, I know that you can like go unlock him in his. Yeah. I can I could never find him. I did. I went. I looked at some guides and found him. Okay. Anyway. Um. But I remember you thinking, "Oh, I'm gonna fight these people," which is not really the case. No. They're meant to be just NPCs. Yeah. But then it's like, oh wait, shit, no, you do fight, <laughs> and it yells his name so loud in the beginning. Yeah. It's just funny. Once you get past him, you go right to Godfrey proper. Yeah. So Godfrey, Godfrey, the first Elden Lord, um, which is another really cool fight, like solid big axe man. Yeah. Uh, and does a lot of like earth shattering, like big a lot moves, of AOE which stuff. Which is really cool. Yeah. Uh, and once you get him down to half health, then you fight the Street Fighter character. And this is him in his true form. He's like a, you know, warrior of like the Badlands, is like however it is. Yeah. And he only became Godfrey when Merica is like, I want you to be my husband and help 
me mm. rule this. So he took on the role of Godfrey. His real identity is Horaloo yeah. Warrior. And he yells it at you and he makes sure you know yeah, it. Yeah, I remember that one. And when he freaking, the like lion on his back. Yeah. And he's like, you've served me well, Sirach. And then he just rips the fucking <laughs> thing and it just covers him in blood is yeah. another really metal, cool transition. I, I like this fight a lot. I like that he is basically as close that we've seen in FromSoft to a pro wrestler yep. as a fight. Absolutely. Um, he does suplexes. He does a pile driver. The way he just throws you up in the air and you <laughs> get locked you. and then... Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's great. Yeah. I, I like this fight a lot. It, it, to me, this was, in my experience, I guess, maybe the perfect amount of time spent on a boss for me. Mm-hmm. Like, it was maybe 30 tries. Sure. To the point where I knew him very well, but I wasn't, like, like really upset that I was still fighting him. Yeah. I was like, okay, we finally, we finally overcame him. Cool once, fight. Once you get past him, you can waltz right into the Erd Tree. Yeah. And this is where you fight first Radagon of the Golden Order. Which is cool. I like this part of the fight. Yeah. I and will say that. Radagon, again, weird loreness. It is not quite clear, but most people agree that Radagon is Merica. And Merica is huh. Radagon. They're like sort of two sides of the same coin. Okay. And he, they just take on different identities depending on the situation. Gotcha. Um, but like they've Radagon has fathered children and Merica has mothered children in different lineages, but somehow they're also the same person. Okay. It's a little confusing. All right. Sure. Um, but sort of the way that Merica shattered the Elden Ring to yeah. start all the game. Radagon, I think the shtick is he created the Elden Ring. Got it. At okay. the beginning. So really cool fight, really cool moves. Yeah. Cool arena. Yeah. And I like I like his moves yeah. a lot. He had one this was this is the fight that I joked most that was BMing as in like ah. bad mannering, uh, because he would some, every now and then he would spam the one attack where he throws a bolt down and then it causes like AOE damage over time mm-hmm. and the fucking mimic tier had no idea what to do with that attack and it always pissed me off. I'm like, yeah. dude, just get out of there, just run. But he would just always yeah. just take a shit ton of damage. In there. I just love his grab attack where he. Hits you like three times, yes. and the sound effect is the same sound as though when he was like a black creating the Elden Ring, like that doom yeah. doom. That's really cool. So yeah, Radagon, great. If you consider him a fight on his own, very oh, awesome, good. love that fight. But it pivots to the Elden Beast. This fight sucks. The Elden Beast. This is, fight's bad. It's. I don't love it. It's weird. <laughs> That's as close as we'll get. Yeah, and it's a cool sort of. I like the idea. It's very pretty. It's very pretty. I don't necessarily love the idea. I was just like, oh, now it's just this creature. Yep. Like, it's Radagon yeah. to me was a more significant final boss. Yes. Than or the even Elden like Horaloo would have been a cooler sure. final boss. Sure. Um, yeah, it's just a, an am, a, a, a amoeba. It's yeah. just this big, ambiguous thing. Like the thing. faceless dragon fish Yeah, thing, it's just weird. Um, who spams you to no end oh with these God. projectiles that are oh. very difficult to deal with. I fucking hated this fight. Like, it's just... It, and I kept saying, too, I was like, it's pretty, but it's not fun. No, it's, it's not, not a not fun fight. Fun. You just kind of have to endure it and yeah. do as much damage as you can and get out and roll around and try to heal. And it's just like... It's just not a fun fight. And this is the one where if you get the summon that's one of the black knives who does whose blade does the same sort of health draining thing as Malekith's, yeah, comes in such handy. In oh, this I'm fight. sure, yeah. Because it can hit him with like a projectile from a mile away that does oh. a good chunk of health. So as long as your mimic stays alive, it's just whittling down. Yeah. And you don't have to do that much. But yeah, yeah Elden Beast 
a little bit of a letdown compared to if they had just made Radagon a little bigger and more right. significant. Yeah. So that's all the main bosses. Okay. Uh, there is a little list of other sort of significant bosses. Uh, just quickly. Sure. What was the weapon you used for the final stretch of the game? The bloody... I don't... It's that jagged blood sword. Rivers okay. of Blood. That's what it's called. <laughs> it's a cool name. And I actually was dual wielding Rivers of Blood and an Uchi Katana. So I had like... I should have dual wielded more. I had basically a Katana in both hands. Yeah. Which is very me. So I... Uh, I went with the the weapon that was at once the the broken weapon, which was the frost. Oh yeah, pickaxe looking thing, uh, because I started with you know I, I did, I did the regular sword whatever you spawn with, and then I did the one, it's like the rapier that you get that's already plus seven or something from somebody, uh, it's like an NPC gives it to you or something. Sure. So I used that for a while, and then I used Morgot, I think right. Yeah. Morgot sword, uh, for like, probably like sixty percent of the game because it did just crazy bleed. But then, by the time I got to uh, Malaketh, for some reason, I was like, well, the only other sword that I had leveled at all, or the only weapon I had leveled at all, was the little that little axe. Yeah. And I was like, I remember the weapon art being cool of, like, the stomp with the freeze. Mm. So I was like, I'm just going to use... Oh, the reason... I remember. The reason I switched was because the bleed wasn't doing as much to Malaketh as I thought. And I was like, okay, maybe it's like Pokemon rules where it's like, if frost is like frost is blue and his attacks are red, maybe yeah. that works. There is some like weaknessy type stuff. I'm sure there the is. And like, so I was like, all right, fuck it. Let's try this. And then the, the freeze stomp is like so good. Yeah. I love it. Uh, so other bosses, these are bosses with trophies. Okay. So a yeah. good way to deem them. Yeah, yeah. The ancestor spirit, the big like elk thing in the rivers. Did you fight one of these? Nope. Uh, this is a not a hard fight. Did you ever go down near where the mimic tier was and just find the dead body of a big like elk thing? Yeah, I have one of those heads, or I have like the hat from it. There's a way that you can basically make that into like a boss fight, and it oh. transports you to this little arena that's very like serene. Okay, and it's sort of like you're hunting like a majestic animal. That's, that's literally cool. the vibe of the fight. That's pretty cool, and it's like hopping around in the air. Uh, it's a very cool vibe of a fight. The fight itself is not that interesting, but it's a cool little sure. one-off. Did you fight Estelle, natural born of the void? Don't think so. Giant skull attached to like a big serpentine body with like claws on its face. This fight is weird. <laughs> if where, you go deep down it? in one of the rivers, you can oh, end up I... at this place called the Lake of Rot. Okay. Which is, this is, you think... Kaelin is bad oh, for no. poison lakes. This is the poison lake of the I game. I think I briefly ended up there, but I think I um, left. <laughs> and if you persevere, you can get to this uh, boss fight called Estelle. And it's basically, people say it's like a fallen star gone wrong. That's just, just this creature that okay. does a lot of like crazy magic shit at you. Yeah. Uh, it's a pretty cool fight. If you get past it, you can go up an elevator to like where like Ronnie's like church is. But in like a different spot that's only oh. accessible from this place. Gotcha. So it's okay. like a little small bonus area. Gotcha. Um, it's the fight looks cooler than it is to actually do. Got it. Okay. Is how I would yeah, put yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, Commander Nile in the middle of Kalid, this little arena. Don't think so. Or no, wait, that's Commander O'Neill. They're two different ones. I don't think I've fought either of these. Uh, Commander Nile is in Castle Soul in the mountaintops of the Giants. Um, to get to Melania, you had to fight this guy. Oh, I did? I, I think. Um, because he, like, summons these two, like, warriors to fight with him in this little castle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I fought this guy. Yeah, That's yeah. Commander He does, Nile. like, the... Yes. The big wind attack. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He I gave me 
fits. I I think I got lucky with him when I fought him. Well, again, I fought him after I beat the game. Yeah. So I was pretty powerful. Um, but yeah, he was tough. Yeah, he gave me fits. Cause, he hits but hard. I found there's this item that lets you turn summons against the summoner. Oh, that's cool. So I turned both the summons against him. And oh, that, that got him like sick. half health down, just those two. That'd so, be sick in the uh, Renala fight. So I think that's a good fight, just one that I was like having a lot of trouble with. Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, did you yeah, fight hard. any of the Dragonkin soldiers? <laughs> Got to Google. They're sort of like these big... Cro- Do you remember in Dark Souls 3, the brothers, uh, and there's the one that like crawls around with a sword? Yeah, yeah. It's almost like him. It's like a big version of that, except not nearly as hard. Uh, I think I fought the one in Nox- Noxtella. In Noxtella? I'm yes, pretty that's sure the I one fought I fought those. too. Yeah. There's another one somewhere. Um, oh, interesting. Okay. This yeah, is one of those kind of like... Throw away, it's fine. It is whatever. Did you get to Dragon Lord Placidious Axe? <laughs> what did you just say? I said Dragon Lord Placidious Axe. Is that a is that all one word? Uh, well, it's two. Dragon Lord is one word. No, yeah, Placidious Axe a word. Oh my god. Yeah, like placid, and then U S A X. I don't believe so. I think I would remember that. This name. is the ultimate dragon of the game. Ultimo Dragon, the wrestler. Kind uh, of. Mm, is this? In Faramazula? Uh, it's in Faramazula. Okay, I went to him and was like, nope, and then I didn't yeah, find him You go anymore. all the way down to this, like, hovering piece of Platform, thing, and you yeah. lay down, and it transports you to his arena, which is technically back in time. It's some crazy <laughs> shit. What? But he's a really cool fight. Like, he's better and it different than the rest of the dragons. Yes, yeah. he's hard, too. I fought a um, few dragons, but not that one. He's one that I'm like, or this could have been a better last boss to the game mm. than Elder Beast yeah. to me. There's a lot of those. Uh, Elmer of the Briar. Did you ever fight this guy? Don't think so. He was in the Shaded Castle. So if you never went to the Shaded Castle, you might not have. It doesn't him. sound familiar. He's just kind of a swordsman. Okay. Like humanoid. His sword does do a cool, like sort of spinning, like hovering, and then comes back to him move. Mm. So maybe using the sword would be cool. Yeah. The fight was whatever. Okay. Um. Let's see. Did you fight the only other unique dragon, which was Lick Dragon Fortisax? I don't think so. Where was he? He was in Deep Root Depths, which honestly is an extremely hard area to even find. Yeah, I don't think I was ever there. Did you ever... Okay, so you know there's the two fingers. Definitely didn't fight that guy. The two fingers that you talked to. Uh Uh-huh, they do this. Did you ever meet the three fingers? No. (laughs) (laughs) Is it the rest of the hand? Yes. So it's thumb and... That's funny. Uh, So if you go... (laughs) Let me think of where this is. Did you ever meet the three fingers? (laughs) I don't remember exactly where this is located. This game's fucking stupid, dude. <laughs> but there is this really stupid platforming challenge okay. down this huge pit. Yeah, that's kind of like where uh, Godskin was. Kind of, but, but way lo- like okay. more. Okay. If you go all the way down yeah. and, and you get naked, you got to take all your armor <laughs> off. And nowhere in the game does it tell you this. I don't know. I don't know. I guess you ha- I, some people do the game naked, so that's probably why. But then you go up to this door. And it's the door made out of, like, lava rock. And you open it, and there's the three fingers. Okay. And they're, like, the evil, chaotic counterparts. (laughs) It's kind of like Master Hand versus Crazy Hand in Smash Brothers. That's funny. Uh, And he gives you the flame of chaos. This causes your maiden, whatever her name is, to reject you. She's like, never mind, you did this. This is like, oh, she's like. I'm not a friend of yours anymore. That's cool. And so you do the you burn the Erden tree with your own energy. Oh once you shit! Do this. That's wild. It's, it's a way to trigger a different ending of the game. Ah, I see. Uh, 
So yeah, but if you go to that place, <laughs> and then you come back out, and you go to the little bonfire right there, whatever the fuck they're called. Yeah. If, Sights of grace? If you're just, you're like, you know, I'm just going to go whack these walls. There's an illusory wall. Of course there is. Behind that, there's another illusory oh wall. Oh my god. And then you get to this big, it. deep place that gets you to deep root depths, which is just another, like, sort of one of the river areas. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot more lore. Apparently there was a big tree prior to the Erd tree. Ah. And the Erd tree is almost like a parasite. Ah. And so this was the original tree. Gotcha. Um, but you can fight Thea, who's the lady who you can give a hug in the... Oh yeah, the lady you fought. You find Thea there. Oh, that's cool. And Thea is like, she loves or is like sort of indebted to uh, Godwin, who is dead. Godwin is like the firstborn of the Godfrey lineage, whatever. Okay. And Ronnie betrayed him and had the, them kill him. There's just so much. There is a lot. Uh, but you find Fia there, and if you do a little bit of a quest with her, you can fight this dragon that gets you a different ending of the game if you want to do it that way. Gotcha. Wait. If you got to... Uh, <laughs> when you get to the Faramazula, uh-huh. you remember walking across a big, long platform, and then this giant lightning dragon just shows up? Yeah. That's Lick Dragon Fortisax. Oh, shit. That's cool. So you can fight him in a proper boss fight. Got it. Okay. Anyway... <laughs> Did you you must have fought Loretta, Knight of the Hallig Tree, on your way down to Melania. Just another yeah. version. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a the tree one. Tree Sentinel like boss, yes. but with more magic. Yeah. Probably the best iteration of the Tree I agree. Sentinel formula. That fight wasn't that bad. It was good. I liked it enough. It was fine. Uh, there's all the magma worms, which I hated. Don't know that I fought one of those. It's sort of like a really like messed up looking dragon with like a oh, yeah, you scrunchy have, face. I, I guess you don't have to fight one, but I did fight one of them, yeah. Um, let's see. They're the ones that like slide to your right? Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's the mimic tier, which you said you fought, I which is a fought. cool idea. A cool fight. And then there is Moog. Yeah, I didn't fight Moog. So if you never fought Moog, Moog yeah. is probably the most. Moog or Melania are kind of tied for most significant optional bosses in oh, the shit. game. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, Moog is brother of Morgot. Right. And it's Moog, Lord of Blood. Cool. So, Moog has his own little area in one of the rivers. Okay. But you don't get there through the river. You get there through a random portal in the consecrated snowfield that just takes you there. Okay. You go up his temple. This is the best farming soul spot in Ooh, the game. Nice. Okay. Um, but you go up, and he's... So, Mikola, mm-hmm. who you never encounter in the game, but you Mikola's Hallig Tree is yeah, the location. You, yeah, yeah, Mikola is Melania's brother. Okay. Mikola was supposedly, like the purest, like, potential god of all of these, like, demigod sim- siblings. Moog, being the little <laughs> rascal that he is and yeah. rejecting the Golden Order, this is where this, the lore gets a little little messy. Okay. Uh, Moog wants to basically become the spouse of Mikola. Mikola, eternally a child. So we're already getting into some weird territory. All right. <laughs> but basically, Moog wants to become the, like, United sort of front with Mikola and usher in this reign of this other evil god, like whatever. Sure. So you go fight him. This fight sucks. Oh, really? Okay. Not in like a bad way, it's just hard. Mm. And there is another cheesy way to beat it, which I'll admit that I did. Okay. Uh, but he like comes at you with this move. Well, he fights you normally with like a pitchfork thing. But then you get him halfway down, and he just takes it and stabs the air three times. Okay. And these rings form around you. And then every time, for like a few seconds, a ring will burst, 
There goes like half your health. Oh. A few seconds later, ring bursts. There goes half your health. Three oh. times in a row. It's brutal. That's awful. And there's an item. Of course there's an item of that course. will help you stop it. Of but course. Like, of course. You know, it's a it's an insane fight. So I suggest, like, I don't know that I suggest you go back and find him, but we sure. look up Mo because it's a crazy fight. Yeah, I might go back. Um, Let's see. What's left here? We got all the shard bears. The last one is the Valiant Gargoyle. It's just one of the gargoyles. Did you ever fight them? I think so. I fought gargoyles. Did you fight sure. the pair? Yes. The pair sucks. That's one of, I I fought because that's part of Ronnie's quest, I believe. Yes. I fought those and then like kept dying. This was before I used the mimic tier or anything, and I was, I've never gone back. Yeah, I, I that did fight not like that fight is not fun. I don't like fighting two of stuff. Uh, well, there are a couple things we didn't touch on. Sure, that's the end of the significance sure. list, but there's definitely others. Minor Erd Tree. There's oh, like all of the fifty of them. tree avatars, or yes. whatever. Yeah, uh, those are pretty fun. I, I, they, they're very easy once you know them. But the one in Kaled gave me such a fit for a long time because that stupid blood rot attack yep. it does, uh, and it's a little different than all the other ones, I guess. Because and there's another one in Mount Gelmir that's actually different because it's like a serpent of some kind. Oh, interesting. Um, I don't know if I fought it or not. Yeah, that one sucks too, but. Um, that was the main thing I thought of. I'm trying to think of other... I mean, I actually really like a lot of the uh, Everjail fights. Yes. Those are cool. And the Everjail is where you get the Black Knife guy that I was talking about as mm. a summon. It's the one... That if you beat Estelle and go up to Ronnie's little church place, yeah. he's up there. Gotcha. So that's a bonus for getting up there. Uh, yeah, all the dragon fights didn't do anything for no. me. Uh, especially because sometimes you would get them to like half health and then they'd fly away. Yeah. It's like, what was the point of that? Uh... I'm trying to think of other, I feel like there are a There's lot the more fights. Soldier but. of Godric, the very beginning, if you go through the little tutorial area. Oh, that's right. Some I, people I, have meme that like, oh, this is the real hardest boss. <laughs> in I did that, but only because someone was like, you didn't even go to the first boss. I'm like, oh, we didn't talk about Melania. Oh, right. Yeah, I figured we were saving that. So yeah, I've not finished Melania, but uh, I've only done her about ten times, and I got to her second phase like three times. Yeah. Um. Easily my favorite fight in the game because it is just Lady Maria Part Two. Pretty Lady much. Maria is my favorite fight in any FromSoft game ever. Um, and her second phase of turning into a naked winged hair butterfly thing yes. is incredible to look yes. at. It's so cool looking. The only thing I don't know, so I figured out that with the axe I use in that stomp, it like staggers her enough yeah. to where she doesn't get an attack off. Yes. So if I have me and the Mimic tier just doing that, it it can, like, drain her Staggering her, her is critical. Yes, it is. Like... So we should explain, if you've not seen Melania, but maybe you've played the game, uh, is it Melania or Melania? Well, I just say Melania. Or Melania, maybe. I, it, anyway, M-A-L-E-N-I-A. Yeah. Uh, she is unique in the fact that she doesn't have a huge health bar, but every time she hits you, she gets health back. Every time. And it's the first time you encounter it. Like, at first I was like, is she healing herself? And then I realized what was happening. I was like, yeah. oh my God. So yeah, it's way more about dodging attacks than most fights. And it's also, yeah, like about getting some sort of way to like stop her mid attack. And there is one move of hers. This is the thing I haven't figured out yet. Specifically bullshit. And yes, I will say like, it's it is the bullshit. only thing that keeps her from being a pretty flawless boss. She has a move called the Waterfowl Dance. Is that that's what, what it's it, called? That's what it's called. This is it's the, the one where she goes up in the air, yeah, yeah. holds a sword for a second, and then hits you with like three volleys yes. of attacks that are just swipe, 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 swipe. Yeah. Every little one of those individual swipes, if it hits you, heals her. All of them. 
Oh, wow. I didn't so know that. So it could heal her like 15 times. Wow. So if you don't dodge this properly, well, first of all, you're just You're dead. dead. Yeah, um, it's going to one-shot There you. is a very specific pattern of dodges that you can dodge it completely. Mm. People also found there's some just throwable object that when she floats up like that, if you hit her with it, drops her and she'll just go oh, out of it. Oh, okay. So that's a really clever way to just That might be what thing. I do then. Um, yeah, because that's the only thing that's giving me trouble. Yeah, and I don't remember what the exact item is, but... Uh, yeah, and then, like you said, the transition, once you get her to half health, and she becomes the goddess of rot. Yeah. No, you ki- you you kill her full health bar. Right. It's, it's a double health bar one. Right. But same idea. Uh, and she becomes the goddess of rot. This is where the lore with Radon sort of comes back in. Okay. Whenever the shattering happened, the shattering is just the big war that created all this chaos. Yeah. All the demigods basically start volleying for position. She fights Radon. Okay. It's Melania versus Radon. All right. One on one. And they're arguably, like, the two coolest, biggest, strongest, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, And they fight to such a standstill that her only recourse is to basically activate her, like, goddess of rot mode. Yeah. Kaled was basically just like Limgrave until she basically sets off a scarlet rot nuclear bomb. Holy shit. And that's why Kaled is this red, overgrown, poisonous area. Is that's pretty cool. she made it that way. Yeah. Which I think is a super cool lore thing. And she's cool. obviously what caused Radon to become the sort of right. psycho beast that he is. Yeah. Um, probably my favorite bit of lore in the whole That movie. is a really cool bit of lore. That's cool. Uh, yeah, she's amazing. I love that fight. It's beautiful. Yeah. If there's no other bosses, I'll very quickly run through the endings because there's, there's okay. six, but there really there's only like three. Okay, I've seen one. There are iterations. <laughs> uh, let me see here. All right, these the Age of Fracture. This is the standard ending. We're basically you beat the Elden Beast, you become the new Elden Lord. The status quo kind of remains the same. Uh, I think that's what I got. Yeah, if you don't do any of the special weird stuff, it's what you'll get. Okay. Then there's the Age of the Duskborn. Okay. This is if you do the Fia quest line. Got it. You beat Lake Dragon Fortisax, uh, and it's sort of. Let's see. That name. You use a mending rune of the Death Prince. The Death Prince is Godwin. Okay. Uh, and instead of the status quo staying the same, a big like sort of fog like overtakes the lands between. And Fia's whole thing is that she is sympathetic towards beings that are in between. They're in like purgatory. Okay. And because of Godwin was killed in the certain way he was, he's in sort of purgatory. Mm. So this is sort of you becoming the sort of ambassador leader of these beings that like, I'm going to help these people sure. sort of stuck in between life and death. Okay. So a good sort of like middle of the way, good, bad ending. Yeah. Uh, then there's the, let's see the age of order. This is the one you, did you ever meet gold mask? Don't think so. There's this dude with just this mask. that looks like the sun who's always looking at the earth tree and he's just standing there. <laughs> And you go talk to him, and there's this one, like, psycho disciple of his that's just constantly following him. Mm. It's like, every little twitch of his finger means something significant. <laughs> and he's just watching him and just like, oh, he's trying to tell us something. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Uh, and he gives you a rune called the Rune of Perfect Order. Uh, and this is, like, a similar one where it kind of leaves the status quo, like, intact. Uh, let's see. The Age of Order, thus, this is a quote from Fextra Life, which is like one of the big good wikis for all of these games. Okay. The Age of Order envisions a new age of stability, where there is no more conflict brought upon by the fickleness of the gods, no better than men, which was, quote, emboldened by the flames of ambition. Hmm. 
very philosophical. It is, yeah. But those three endings are very minor in difference. Sure. They all end with you sitting there on the throne. Your objective is just a little different. Right. Oh, and there's one more that's kind of like that. And this is the Dung Eaters ending. Okay. So if you go through the Dung Eaters quest, you get the Blessing of Despair ending. You use this rune... And the Dung Eater is this psycho crazy guy who basically wants to spread his disease to, like, every living being. <laughs> right. And basically that's what happens if you become the Elden Lord in this ending. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're just propagating this crazy, weird disease upon the whole lands between. Okay. So pretty, that might be the evilest ending. Sure. Then you have the two genuinely different endings. The ending that I got first, which is the Three Fingers ending. Oh, wow. Because I looked up a few things, but I was like, this is clearly the most like out there ending, so I'm just curious. Mm. It's called The Lord of Frenzied Flame. Okay. You meet the Three Fingers, you get the Frenzied Flame, you burn the Earth Tree, blah, blah, blah. When you become the Elden Lord, instead of going and sitting on the throne, you basically channel... The frenzied flame, which did you ever encounter the enemies that gave you like the yellow status? That's yeah, kind of yeah. like crazy. Yeah. This is like that's where the frenzied flames like energy is. Okay. That's that's what it is. Basically, this crazy looking black hole of like this yellow energy just sort of becomes the new like sun. Whoa. And this is just the pure chaos ending. Okay. So it's basically like instead of aligning yourself with any of these factions that have come up, it's just like. Screw that. Chaos. Every man, anarchy for themselves. Right, like, right, right. I'm just going to become that. But the your maiden, who's, again, name I forget, there's a little clip of her basically vowing to, like, stop you. Mm. She's like, like I'm the enemy of the frenzied flame, which is a cool ending. So yeah. it's the chaos ending. Yeah, that's cool. And then the last ending is the Age of Stars, which is Ronnie's ending. Okay. So if you follow Ronnie's quest line... Uh, basically, once you beat final boss, she shows up. And instead of being just you're the Elden Lord, you're like with her, like, let's start something new. Mm. We're in the age of the moon because she's like Ronnie, like the witch queen of the moon, like whatever right, right, yeah, she yeah. is. Uh, and it goes back to that, like where you fought Ranala, mm-hmm. like that sort of place, except you're with her and they're like, we need to usher in this new age, like reject the golden order. They care too much about like, their own like structure of rules. This is a better way. And so you just go forward with Ronnie. Huh, that's Again, cool. like none of these are super like in depth, but they sort sure. of all offer their own interpretations that you could make. Yeah, yeah. So that's all of the endings of Elden Ring. There you go. So I got the three fingers and I'm, I've got the platinum. So I've gotten all of the relevant. I think only those three have trophies. Gotcha. So if you want to do them, you got to do the basic quest, the Three Fingers quest, and Ronnie's quest. Gotcha. So, but that just about does it for yeah. Elden Ring. So kudos from Soft. You've made a hell of a game once again. Yeah, maybe it's a nine. I don't know. I have to think on it. It's one of those that I between think. Between eight and a half and a nine to me. It's another, the more you think about it and the more in depth you sort of get into it, maybe you appreciate it more. Maybe you think it's too giant and obtuse and lore dense like yeah i, to I each mean their own. talking through the bosses there i will say i my sort of like final point on it is that like i come to these games for the boss fights yeah. first and foremost and there are a lot more bosses than i realize that i like i think i like most of the main fights except for the gods can duo yeah uh, in the last fight but it's all the little fights that i got annoyed by so i think it, i shouldn't let that overtake my opinion of it too much uh but yeah i, I think it's 
you know, I think I gave Sekiro like a 9.5. Mm-hmm. Gave Bloodborne a 10, so a 9 might be right here. I don't know. We'll see. Well, for those who it's great. waited, we're back out of spoiler territory. No more deep talk <laughs> if about you, If you jump timestamps. Elden yeah. Ring. Yeah. Uh, we both... I recommend it to varying degrees. No, I I wholeheartedly recommend, recommend it. Yeah. And I think it's like a spectacular experience. I think it's a must play if you like these kind of games. Sure. I think most people are going to like it more than I do. Especially if you are in the Dark Souls loving camp. This is Dark Souls right. on crack. Yeah. So if you're more the Bloodborne type, you'll still really like it, but it's yeah. a different experience. Yep. Yeah. Tanner, do you have a recommendation to close us out? Uh, You know, I had one and I've forgotten it over the two hours that we've been doing well, this. Well, it's pretty easy for me to get back to mine because we teased it like oh, that's five right, that's times. Right, that's right. The Witch Queen. I've been playing a little bit of The Witch Queen, the most recent Destiny 2 DLC. Yeah. Uh, and when I drop back in, yes, it's a little jarring because they're like, I had seven different things to click through of like events and quests and different <laughs> right. multiplayer playlists and right. things that were available to me. Yeah. And even though that's overwhelming at first, it is refreshing to come back to a game that you haven't played in so long and there's so much new to do and explore. Yeah, good point. Um, and a gameplay system that I'm familiar with and it's so much fun. Uh, I'm not too deep into the campaign. I've done like the first couple missions of like the Witch Queen campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, but seeing the seasonal events that are going on right now and the new multiplayer campaigns and there's this one new... Um, I forget what it is. It's sort of like a cooperative PVE playlist okay. that looks really cool that I'd like to explore. So it's one of those things that I was like, oh, wait, yep, Destiny 2, always good, always, <laughs> always consistent, always new stuff. And as soon as you start going out in these missions and getting pieces of armor that are higher light than yours, mm. it's you reminded of the grind and it mm. hooks you like it always does. You even talk so. about it. I'm like, well, maybe I could download it. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, I remembered mine. Mm. It's one of those that is sort of connected to games, but not really. Uh, while I've been playing stuff like Everybody's Golf, which I played more of, yeah, uh, it's great, but nothing new to report other than it's fun. Uh, I have been, as my second screen experience, watching Columbo. That's right, <laughs> the nineteen sixty eight detective series Columbo. I don't know why. I saw a couple Columbo memes. I'm like, fuck it, I'm gonna watch an episode of Columbo and see what it is. <laughs> I saw you tweet like. You tweeted about it, and then you, like, didn't remember tweeting about well, it? I, I think I tweeted about, like, half awake, because I fall yeah. asleep to it. Uh, so, Columbo is... It's a it's Law and Order, but with more charisma, and it's in yeah. the 70s, so it's cool. Like, yeah. it's funny to just go back and look at the way things looked. And Columbo is just, like, this clever little guy, and he's, like, you don't think... He, he's so unassuming, that's the thing. <laughs> All the criminals always don't... They'd assume he doesn't know, doesn't know what he's talking about, but he does. You're talking like me. You're, like, <laughs> rambling the way I normally do, talking about random bullshit. Dude, fucking Columbo's great. He's, like... He, he'll, the, the Hallmark Columbo move is, like... <laughs> Already, I'm like four episodes in. Yeah. Each episode is an hour 16, by the way. They're so long. Um, they're like little movies. But he'll be like, leave it. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, that's all. That's all. I don't have any more questions. He's like, actually, one more thing. You said this the other day. And then the, the people are like, oh, no. Mm. He always catches them off guard, that Columbo. Uh, it's just a really fun, like, second screen, just dumb background noise show. I've been using it while I play games. That's my excuse. So that's going to be your, instead of a podcast game, they're going to be now going forward as Columbo, Columbo games. games. <laughs> that's a great trademark that we need to remember. Yeah, Columbo uh, games. That's pretty good. Columbo games. It sounds like a, uh, like some sort of Olympics. Like, oh, welcome to the 25th annual Columbo game. Or some sort of really niche, like indie dev. We are Columbo, Columbo games. games. Here's like, our uh, co op. 
uh, story-driven PVE, you know, puzzle game. <laughs> we don't. Whoa, that's a, that's a wild game. Uh, we don't have any double tap merch. We should just make Colombo games. Colombo games, just a pocket tee with yeah, Colombo CG games. on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I hope you folks go out there and you play the Witch Queen and you watch Colombo and it kills some time and enjoy yourself. Hell yeah! Uh, until next time, though, we're tapping out.